1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Standing in the rain with his head hung
3: It Feels so good to be back in here. Very cathartic to be back in the uh, studio with the boys. Welcome in. Let's get our heads right on a Tuesday, February twentieth. Ben and Woods, ninety-seven-three. The fan. I actually feel like uh, feel like I'm a little bit out of practice. I was it was a little nervous driving in this morning, but uh, we will get through it. That I promise you. I think everybody's feeling much better. Well, not everybody. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. My name is Woodsy. I had the uh, the rock pneumonia and my partner Ben here had the boogie woogie flu and uh it it, it was not our best 72-ish hours uh last week Now, pauly our beloved executive what in the world was that our beloved executive producer uh in the most in the most obvious timeline ever it's just perfect was feeling great and was like oh yesterday I actually feel like crap I'm like oh no we're never gonna get out of this cycle but we are here I just don't know how how I could have possibly gotten sick I own it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird um, these places are repulsive and just disgusting the the radio studio you, you, you listen to radio shows and you hear this sound that's somebody playing with their mic and moving their mic around and then oh four of us share a keyboard and you know people scratch their ass and then they play with the mouse and it's just I started wiping down every day in here. I don't know really what to do beyond that, but uh, I also have two little kids at home. They're disgusting at all times. Um, So I'm doing the best I can here. I think the question
4: is, which of us did Paulie get whatever he's got from? Was it from you, Hmm. your walking pneumonia, or was it me who tested positive for the influenza A virus? So I had the actual flu. Now, I had a fever I had like, no fever. No no really fever. high fever and, and it took a couple of days for it to break. And you didn't have a fever though. Mm-hmm. You had like the really but I don't have gnarly chest stuff. Yeah. I, so, but you don't have the fever. So, we're trying to determine <laughs> what poly maybe coming down with.
3: Well, we had a guy in the dugout on the tier one team, he's sick. So he, he texted our group chat last night l- letting everybody know he started feeling like death after the game. So Do you feel
4: guilty when you feel like you got someone else sick a little bit? Not like, really because it's hard. I, I mean it's nothing you
3: can I don't necessarily do about it. I don't it. do the blame game of like, oh you came in and you weren't you know, because like if we were gonna trace it back Craig Elston took a day off because he was sick. Then Ello had a day off because he was sick. Then I started feeling like death. Then you started feeling like death. I mean, I'm not blaming a soul, man. This is the way There's that... There's so many it,
5: people sick right now.
3: Everyone's sick. Talk to our buddy Jack in, in L.A., the my, my postman Jack. And he goes, dude... He goes. I, I woke up and he goes. I had the flu and I, I haven't been able to get out of bed, trying to go deliver mail in the flu <laughs> with the flu. He said it was terribly today. He called in uh, today. He said I'm done. So everybody's just kind of feeling it right now. It's just that weird, that weird time of year, man. I would love to put myself in a bubble from like January to March um, because it is. It's just nasty. So we're here. We're back. I feel great. Um, they put me on. They put me on a full cycle of. um Antibiotics. I got steroids. He goes, hey, man, a lot of people, he goes, I, I don't know how you feel about like pills. I go, give me them. Anything that you want to give me <laughs> not, that's going not to help Not a tier one, me. apparently. Yeah, apparently not a tier one. Lay it how on How does me. Woods feel about pills? Is it going to make me feel better? It <laughs> will? Gonna, wait, I'll are we going to get
5: disqualified from tier one baseball because you're on the Royce? Yeah, I,
3: got to, I had to take steroids. And then he gave me an inhaler, which I've never had before, which I kind of enjoyed walking around the house. With- <laughs> But man, it just—it was—it was awful. So I got
4: um, Tamiflu, which is what they <laughs> give you to uh, speed up the process and get over the flu faster. I think it, I think it worked because within the next couple of days, I definitely started. Feeling better, quicker than maybe I normally do when I, when I get the flu, which it's been a while since I had it. So, hey, Modern Medicine, thank you very much for the uh, assist over the weekend.
3: Yeah, pretty great. Uh, Squirrelly in the chat asked him how my dad's wing is. My dad, Gary, had surgery, had Tommy John on his elbow, and he's doing great, man. He's already off the pain pills, um, and he is just trying to recuperate. He goes, you just forget how many things you do with your right hand. I said, oh, I know, Dad. I know. I broke my elbow in college. I had to learn to do everything with my left hand. He goes, he's like, oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff. (laughs) You can't even, he's like, you can't even put socks on. I'm like, I know it's the literal word. You just tie your right hand behind your back for an hour and see how bad it is. He goes, it's, it's tough, but he's, uh, he's doing really well. Thank you for asking. So, uh, man, it has just been, it has just been, um, a nightmare. Honestly, I hate missing work. I hate missing this show. Um The only saving grace was that everything that was interesting about the Padres came down after we would have been off the air anyway, right? The Xander stuff was after ten. Thank God, thank God, it was after ten. If it was yeah. at eight thirty, I would have just, I would have been like Adam, just patch me in. I guess I'll just lay in bed and do this because uh, it was really the only interesting thing uh, that happened, but. Um, man, it was it's good to be back. When you left here, I was very concerned about you. When you left here, when you slept on the couch, do you think it was the Alka Seltzer that that really got you? No, I think it was the flu. The flu that, that got you. Got you. Got me All right, actually. good. good. I, I was nervous. Your mother was texting me. Please don't let him drive. I go. I, he says he's fine. Well, that's why I rested. That helped. <laughs> I, I couldn't have. I
4: couldn't have gotten home an hour before. But thanks to the hour of sleeping on the couch. I was able to get home just fine, and then went to urgent care later that day and that 's when I was uh, officially diagnosed,
3: yeah yeah, I, I did as well and uh, it was it was it was you know I feel better, feel a little bit more rested and um, able to get back in here, and yes, dive into some of that really interesting padre 's news that broke uh, while we were out, talk about Eric Katsenda, his first uh, speaking appearance. Um, there's so much to talk about in the world of baseball right now. Anthony Rendon obviously uh, ruffled some feathers yesterday. I've got an interesting, I had an interesting conversation about it yesterday, it, and I think I could see a little bit of both sides. But um, I want to get into that certainly. Uh, a lot of old white owners are just opening their mouths and sticking their foot directly in them right before. The first game of the season. Like, baseball, hey, hope springs eternal. Not for us poor owners it doesn't. And it's just driving me insane. Um, The game of baseball right uh, right now with Scott Boris's clients sitting out there rotting, just hitting off the tee in their backyard, throwing bullpens, coaching travel ball in Blake Snell's case. Something is broken or breaking in the game of baseball. I want to talk about that today, too.
4: I'm starting to wonder... Is it possible at least one or two of these Boris clients aren't on a team by opening day? It's I, I think it's massively reasonable to, to accept that at this point. I mean, it seems like both sides are digging in and getting more and more stubborn. <laughs> Boris, not going to lower the asking price. Teams, not really even... Willing to engage Can at anywhere near the, the level.
5: Young and not having a team on opening day.
4: Not having a job on <laughs> opening day. Is God. there not a team that's going to be desperate enough that they're just going to cave and crack and pay that price that they're looking for? And maybe for one or two of the guys, but will all four of them get what they're asking for in the next you know four weeks before? I mean, the Padres and Dodgers play their first game. Four weeks from today. 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 February 20th, one month from today. Wow. March 20th, we're one month out. They will be going toe to toe in Korea. And you've got four of the premier free agents who don't, not only haven't signed, but it's not like they all sound like, hey, they're on the verge. We're close with a bunch of teams. There's no smoke.
3: On some of these discussions, either it is wild; it has been absolutely wild. Uh, so we're back in here. The chat is already firing this morning. Thank you guys for being here. I wanted to thank as well. Uh, I wanted to thank everybody that has uh, that came out to support the Tier One baseball team. That was a, a an idea that is incredible uh, and and been so much fun to put together. Um, so we started a baseball team. Our, a couple of our, our listeners said, "Dude, start a team, run it." And get a team of listeners. I said, that's actually a really fun idea. And don't tell my wife. It's a great way to get me back on the baseball field under the guise of, well, it's content, babe. It's work, right? Finger quotes. So I put it together, got the jerseys, did all the stuff. Forgot how difficult it is to actually find, recruit, collect fees, get jerseys ordered, get sizes, get numbers. Then you get to the field, and it's game one, and you're like... Okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, we gotta collect these fees, we gotta make sure the field's ready. And we went out, we had our first game against the uh the SoCal dirtbags, and they're good guys. I've played against those guys for many years. They play really hard and uh and we won. We ended up winning sixteen to nine. Uh I should definitely give a shout out to baseball Nick. Uh hit a two run homer in the first inning. The sound on that one was, it was, really was nice, absolutely yeah. incredible. <laughs> um Jason Bendorf came in and threw six strong innings for us. Uh, it was a. It was oh, and then um, Javi. Javi hit a grand, a grand slam, slam, which was incredible. A legit, legit grand, grand slam. slam. I was on base. I took one AB. Paulie took one AB. Slam Diego. Slam Diego's back. And uh, oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, buddy, it was incredible, man. It was so much fun. And I saw what you did
4: afterwards. Um, you tweeted out that you're going to uh, donate a hundred dollars for every tier one win this season to the Seidler Legacy fun that the Padres started after the passing of Peter Seidler.
3: I had not thought about that at all. I had not even thought about a charitable aspect of this team. I'll be honest. It was completely (laughs) self-serving. I just want to play baseball with my friends again and be out there and give me a purpose on a Sunday um, of something that I love to do. And I got home, and I was putting in the stats, and I was looking at the uniforms we got, and so we got white unis, say tier one across it, and we put the Peter Seidler heart. And I said, that's it. That's it. And it popped in my head, and I said, I'm going to do this. Now, what I didn't know is what you told me this yeah, morning, which so, makes me even happier. So
4: that $100 donation is now $500 because the Padres, the players, the Seidler family... They're all, there's four matches that go with that $100. So, four more $100 donations. It's incredible. For a total of $500 toward that Seidler Legacy Fund uh, as part of the new initiative that the Padres are doing.
3: <laughs> it just made so much sense. And, and I wanted to play for something more this year. Uh, and I want our team to play for something more than just, hey, we won a game and got to play some grab ass and whatever, run around on a Sunday. And that does feel like you're playing for a little bit more. So uh, And the cool thing is, the other reason is when I tweeted it out. Like baseball, Nick's dad, our buddy Baseball Nick, his father said, "Let me know when you win, so I can also donate." So you get that thing going, you get some good vibes going, and uh, and and raise some money. So made me very happy, man. I was I got uh, a touch emotional driving out there to the game, and then driving home from the game. Um, I love that the game of baseball. I know it's just adult league. I know we're fat. I know we're unathletic. I just love it and I love being out there and I love competing and being with my friends and we have such a good team of dudes, unselfish guys like it just was really special. Um and so I'm very happy to be doing this again. It just means the world to me. And thank you guys that came out and watched. Thank you guys that played. Uh thank you guys for supporting it and letting us talk about it. All of that. I just was I was blown away, man. I got home and I was on cloud 9, you know, feeling like this was great. I will say I just have one beef against my bench coach Paul Rindal here. Um <laughs> I put the lineup out, and I would have liked to seen it in calligraphy. It was not done in calligraphy, so I think if we could get that going, I think that's an important part of the process, right? Yep. The calligraphy lineup every week. So yep. I need you to learn how to do calligraphy <laughs> and do little funny, you know, paint little funny pictures and stuff on it. I'm going to need that hanging in the. Du- I the guys need it. They need it. I'm just going to draw a little faces on the baseball. Faces on the baseball. Whatever. Do whatever you want to do. But uh, no, Paulie was great and and the guys were awesome, and yeah, want to know, so felt felt really good. All right, why don't we uh, take our first time out
4: here so we can get going? We have so much to uh, get to that we uh, that we did not get to discuss on Friday or the second half of Thursday's show. We'll set out the menu, get to some Padres topics early in the program today, get some of that audio as well that we missed from over the weekend. All coming up, it is really good to be back. Uh, thank you for bearing with us over the last couple of days. Hopefully everybody had a good President's Day weekend. Ready to go on a Tuesday morning. Let's check traffic. I know there's some rain, especially up in the North County right now, so be careful out there. Kelly will tell us how it's going, and we'll be right back with more Bennett Woods coming up on San Diego's number 1 sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Going to jump quickly into uh, what we missed over the uh, holiday weekend when it comes to Padres news. And there was actually some Padres news of course, over the weekend. I think highlighted by the, the Xander Bogarts position change announcement. Something that Mike Schilt didn't... I mean, it, it's not been the biggest secret in the Padres organization, Woods, that, that they've talked to at least about Xander Bogarts moving off of shortstop, maybe even sooner rather than later. But Mike Schilt, when we've talked to him the, the couple of times, didn't he didn't tip his hand like this was coming right away. Like there was no... Lead up, sneak you know, breadcrumbs being dropped. But I guess they knew once once they put him out there and everyone saw the first spring training practice and said, Isn't that isn't that Hosling Kim at Short and Xander Bogart's at second base? They weren't going to be able to hide it any longer. So he had to come out and say something that first morning of spring training. But that was that to me was uh, was pretty groundbreaking news for your San Diego Padres.
3: I'd say it's pretty substantial. <laughs> yeah. And and was a bit uh I was a bit taken aback when I saw the news. Now do you want my you want my thoughts on this now, or are we going to wait till 7 o'clock? Uh, you can give me a couple thoughts on it now. I Why mean, not? look, at the end of the day, I saw all sorts of mixed reviews, and I saw mostly positive, right? And I don't want to come in and, and be, you know, Nancy negative and be like, well, I mean, if if you construct your roster the right way, you don't have to make changes like this all the time. It's a bit of a cluster, if we're really being honest. It is a bit of a cluster. I'm very pleased that Xander is a true professional and said, you know what? <laughs> All right. You paid me like a shortstop. And they did. They paid him like a shortstop, which is great. You'd rather get paid like a shortstop and have to move to second than get paid like a second baseman and have to move to shortstop any day of the week. So I loved that. I tipped my hat to him. I think it's unselfish. I think he handled it really, really well. But you could also see it was a little bit perturbing. You could see it. Like if you watched his, his, his interview, he's like, uh huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, I signed to be a shortstop. And so I wanna we can break all that stuff down, but again, you're you're now having to move things around because of the way that the roster was constructed. It is what it is. You can't you can't change it at this point. Um it was a weird signing when it happened, and now you're paying him for his bat. He's gonna be a very highly paid second baseman. Great, go out and hit thirty bombs and 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 you know do it with the bat, and I think he's going to be fine uh, settling in at second base, Benny. But if it was really about making the infield stronger, then why isn't Jake Cronenworth playing second base? Because he's an actual second baseman. So why wouldn't you just have Manny, Kim, Crony, and first baseman? I, I what think, do you
4: do with Xander? I think, I, I that's, don't know. I like, think that's fair, I but mean, at, at the same time. What I liked, and and we'll get into some more of the details and the possible fallout, what does it mean for for Ha Sung Kim in the future, what does it mean for Jackson Merrill, there's a lot of different branches of this tree to discuss. But ultimately, if you're trying to put the best version of the Padres on the field in 2024, and I think the Padres owe that – not just to the fans, but they owe it to, <laughs> to each other, the team. E- the yeah. team, yeah. They owe, they owe it to everybody who is pulling on that rope this season to put the best possible version of themselves on the field. Yeah. It
3: has to include Hassan Kim at shortstop. It absolutely has to. Now, the other thing is, and Mike Schilt, we're going to play the audio later. You guys have all heard it, but we'll replay it again. You know, Mike Schilt saying, look, you know, there were reasons for that. There were reasons, and you guys are free to speculate. Yeah. Uh, honestly, with a guy going into one more year left on his deal, which Hassan Kim is, is, this is not, I'm not being mean or anything like that. He's got one more year on his deal. Don't you want his value to be the highest it can possibly be in case you are going to flip him or trade him? Now, uh, if you're going to resign I, I, him, I it makes it a little bit I worse. Don't, I
4: don't agree with that. Ha- I, ha- I, I, I don't think that. I don't think that putting him at shortstop changes his value.
3: It absolutely changes. I think changes every his
4: team value. already knows he's a fantastic shortstop. They don't require more visual proof of it. Every time he's been out at shortstop, he's played gold-glove caliber shortstop. I don't think this really makes a huge difference in terms of Hassan Kim's value going it, forward.
3: Uh, it absolutely does. A shortstop is more valuable than a second, second But he already baseman. is a shortstop. But
4: he was a second baseman but, last year. But <laughs> they could have acquired him as a shortstop at any moment and put any team that wanted him as a shortstop.
3: Could have acquired 100%. him at any moment and put well, him there. So anyway... That was the 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 lot. There are two reasons for it. One, hey man, Xander, you did not have the world's best year at short last year. We have an elite shortstop. He's going to take the position. Okay, no problem. I understand that. The other part is if we're going to move him in the off season. I'm talking about Benny. I'm not talking about this year. In the off season, Hassan Kim needs to be. You know, it needs people need to know that Hassan Kim is going to be playing short for us this year. This
4: feels like a baseball decision. To me, though, which is why I like it. Last year, why was Xander Bogarts playing short? Was it a baseball decision or was it a business decision? It was a business decision. They promised Xander he could play short for at least the first season. That was part of the part of the deal incentive to get him to sign. Do you think it was? You,
3: do you think it was pitched to him that hey, at least for the first year? Yeah, absolutely, it was. That was part of the pitch
4: to his agent. We will sign you, and you will get to play shortstop. For at least the first season. It was 100% promised to him that way. And if you if you renege on that.
3: Why why, why just one year?
4: That was what they said. They okay. said, we will guarantee you at least the first year you can play shortstop. After that, we will reevaluate. You
3: know this or you're speculating? No, it's been
4: reported. That was reported as part of the deal. I mean, was it in writing? I don't know. He said he signed as a shortstop. But he signed as a shortstop. He didn't say he signed as a shortstop for one year. No, he was told the first year that he could play shortstop. After that, they would reevaluate it. And if you want to be a, okay. an organization of your word, I mean, could they have then Absolutely. tried to needle Make him into moving yes. him the whole time? Yes. Would that have made Xander Bogarts feel very good about signing with the Padres? Would that have been a good look for A.J. Preller? No. So they, the Padres stuck by their word. And they had Xander out there. Was that the best version that the Padres could have been last year? No. No. That also would have had ha Kim at shortstop last year if you were trying to put the best version of the team on the field. And, well, we see what happened last year when you don't put the best version of yourself necessarily out on the field. Could it have made a difference? I mean, maybe. I mean, look. I mean, you you finished two games out of a playoff right. spot. I'm not saying that ha Kim at short. Would have given you two more wins over the course of the season or not, but I know he's a more valuable defensive player and a more valuable defensive position. Make baseball decisions whenever you can. This, to me, is a baseball
3: decision. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I do think the best version of the San Diego Padres, you know, as it currently stands right now, is with Jake Cronenworth at second base, not Xander Bogarts. Jake, Jake Cronenworth knows how to play second yeah,
5: base. Best version of the Padres has Xander Bogarts in the lineup,
3: not... Over Jake Cronenworth, at least both in the lineup. But Jake Cronenworth, DH, you know, you don't want to pay a guy two hundred eighty million dollars to be a thirty-one year old DH either. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, like you're now, now you have again, essentially, two guys on the right side out of position. <laughs> when all you really have to do is flip flop them. One is a Gold Glove second baseman. He should be playing... No, he didn't win the gold glove, did he? No. All-star second baseman. He should be playing second base. But you're assuming Xander can just slide over and play first. I'm not assuming anything. He's already said he didn't want to do that. Right. I know he He's doesn't want to first play baseman. first. He's not a first baseman. Let's, also not a second baseman. Let's, let's, talk, about, second let's base.
4: talk about this more. We've got other stuff to get to as well. Um, <laughs> Aztecs have a huge game tonight at Utah State. This is... Really one of their last chances to get a major road win in the conference. The one thing that they are lacking this year, they are up to number 19 in the country again, ranked again. Ooh, uh, That's always been bad news for the Aztecs this season, but we'll talk about San Diego State basketball. We're a little behind, of course, in our Tier 1 tour because of uh, missing the end of last week, so we'll play a little catch-up. We're still in the AL East. We're going to try to get to two teams today in the second half of our show, Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays we can uh, check them out and we got some guests coming up uh, at 7:35 this morning AJ Casavell is going to join us from Padres spring training to get uh, us caught up on some of the news and notes from over the weekend padres.com's AJ Casavell and of course Sammy Spring Training. We'll check in a little bit later in the show today at 9 o'clock. Sammy will
5: uh, catch us right after Mike Schultz. Perfect.
4: So if there's morning. anything new that happens this morning, Sammy will make us aware of it immediately at 9 o'clock this morning. I uh, get back to our regular features as well. Take on Woods. We've got Don't Do This coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. So busy show today. We've got a ticket giveaway. The San Diego Mojo. The new volleyball team has their first game on Friday. We'll give away some tickets to Viejas Arena coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods. So a very busy Tuesday. We're going to get started though when we come back and hear a little bit from new Padres control person the man of mystery finally speaks over the weekend Eric Katsenda. What did he have to say about the direction of the organization, the finances the budget, the control of the team the future of the San Diego Padres get to all of that coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station (laughs) 97.3 The Fan.
6: Um, there is something to make this group aware of Sanders is, is, is coupling with us and partnering with the group and the team. He's going to make, um, he, he's going to go to second base. Um, and Kimmy's going to, going to play shortstop. Um, so I, when you use the word, I don't use this word a lot. Um, my admiration for Xander Bogars went through the roof in this, in this transition. Um, you know, he's going to go, he's going to get his work in, you know, it's, it's, I can't say it's like etched in stone 100%. We're going to let him do it. We're going to see what it looks like. Uh, we're going to evaluate it. But it's not something that, I mean, he's all in right now to go over, give it its full due. Um, but my admiration for him to be a good teammate, to recognize that, you know, we have an an elite defender. And in, in Kimmy, who won a gold glove, to go back and, and play shortstop is um, – I just admire and think it's very impressive, and it speaks a lot for his team. First, you know, I'm, I care about our group, big picture. It um, it says a lot about him, so it's it's impressive.
3: I couldn't agree more, and and don't get it twisted. I am not down on Xander Bogarts, not even in the slightest. I love Xander Bogarts, and um, again, I, I can I can love Xander Bogarts and think that it was a superfluous signing last year, which I think no one can disagree with. That you didn't really need a shortstop last year. You wanted to make a splash in the market. You did it. Now he's here. He's a good hitter. Uh, he's got the potential to be a, an even better hitter than he was last year. I love Xander. I think he's a leader. I think he's a great teammate. I think he's a, a charismatic dude. I love that he's a San Diego Padre. I absolutely do. But the the butt in that is, if it's a baseball decision, Ben, and you really want your best, you know, your best, your best guys out there. Now you've got two guys on the right side, left side set. The one of the best in baseball couldn't be more over there on the left side. You, is there any concern now about? okay, will the offense suffer? We saw Jake, when Jake moved off second, moved to first, his offense suffered. Will Will Xander see some of the same things? I don't know. I don't know. But I know he's never played second base before. So, again, this is not a Xander Bogart's problem. This is a San Diego Padres roster construction issue. And now you've got Jackson Merrill, who now you're converting into an outfielder. You've got other shortstops coming up through the pipelines. You have a lot of shortstops. This is what I'm saying. And These are the cards that you have dealt yourself, and now you have to figure out where they're best played. And that's all I'm saying.
4: I think uh, some good managing there from Mike Schilt. You could tell. He wants Xander to feel good about this decision. Thus, the effusive praise, the admiration. 100%. The oldest trick in the book, man. Yeah, He he wants – he's doing – not just the X's and O's managing, but he's doing a little personality managing right there. He wants Xander to feel good about this decision because I think there's some genuine optimism from the Padres that Xander can be not just an adequate second baseman, a but really good but one. Be a really yeah. good second baseman for several years to come. And, you know, with Jake, don't don't even know what his future is. If he doesn't bounce back this year. There, I don't know that there's a spot for Jake Cronenworth on the Padres going forward. 100%. So I can see why you don't necessarily want to commit. All right, we're making Jake our second baseman for
3: the next seven years. Don't know if he doesn't hit, but he's wait. not anything
4: for the next seven but years. But
3: wait, you don't just because you signed Jake Cronenworth to that deal. You don't have obviously you don't have to commit to him at a certain position because they just signed Xander Bogarts for eleven years and moved him off after one year. So you don't have to commit to anything. It Does it's not etched in stone? No,
4: but I think you have to kind of commit to Xander. Something at this point, whether it's going to be shortstop, no. Second base, yes. First base, yeah. Clearly, he did not want to move to first base.
3: That was very, very evident. And, and, and maybe
4: there's a bit of a compromise in this, but I think the Padres feel good about. His chances at second base, well, don't let giving me, him that well, opportunity.
3: Don't let me rain on your parade. I, I'm excited about it, too, and I think it's a good move, and I'm excited to see how it works. I don't want to be the, you know, come in here and pee in everybody's Cheerios this morning. The,
5: the other part that we haven't really gotten into yet, though, is does this move tell you, as a fan of the team, that the Padres aren't going to trade Hassan Kim? So I, saw, so I saw... There so was, there was more...
4: And if they're not going to
5: extend him, are we just going to do this dance again? There was year? a lot of what
4: does exactly. this really mean right. out in in Padres fandom about the the move of Xander Bogarts to second base. And I saw Like if they're they,
5: shopping him, that was a weird move to announce. This on this Friday means morning.
4: they're going to trade Hasan Kim because they want to build up his value, and he's going to be sent at the deadline. This means they're going to extend Sung Kim, and they want him to be the shortstop for the future. There there may be some truth to that. I I mean. Anyone who doesn't think they want to extend Ha-Sung Kim is not paying attention. They would love to keep Ha-Sung Kim around. Well, and the he, question is whether they can afford correct. to keep Ha-Sung Kim around. But there's no one in the Padres organization from the very top, A.J. Preller, teammates.
3: Everybody loves Ha-Sung Kim. No question. And Ha-Sung Kim loves it yeah. here. And he even said, I was reading some, some quotes from him over the weekend that said, yeah, like I'm going to talk to my agent about that and we're going to have those conversations. He said, I do wonder. He goes, I, the love that I get here in San Diego is through the roof. I do wonder if I would get that same kind of love somewhere else. And I mean, I don't know how you couldn't love the guy. I love him here. That left side, again, generational. I love it. Those, it's going to be the slickest thing you've ever seen. Those two dudes are tight and thick as thieves. It's going to be incredible. But well, I thought
4: this, this is a precursor to Jackson Merrill moving to shortstop next year I mean,
3: after Hassan Kim is gone. Is Fernando Tatis Jr. moving back to short <laughs> off the table? which what happens when you have nine shortstops. Now, don't forget that there's a certain radio show in town, uh, Three Portly Fellows, that told you last year, this is a great idea, get as many athletic players as you can in the infield and no one will ever get one through. If you can play short, you can play anywhere. We said it. We said it. We beat it like a uh, like a dead horse, and now look at the problems that we're having. I just, this can't go on every year is what I'm saying. Like so, next year, a year from today at spring training, is it? Uh, uh, my, uh, Skip, how you doing? Woodsy ninety seven three the fan. So is it going to be Jackson Merrill? I know uh, um, um, he's he looks good. Uh, is it going to be Xander Bogart? Is He going to go back to short? Is Jake Cronenworth going to play some short this year? Is uh, Leo DeBreeze, I know he's knocking on the door here in a couple of years. You also acquired
5: Dansby Swanson over
4: the (laughs) offseason, so (laughs) where does he go now? You view discussion, you view this as a problem just because we don't have an answer for it right now. Was was the fact that the Padres had shortstops the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year? I don't think so. I I don't think Hassan Kim certainly wasn't the problem last year. Xander Bogarts didn't have the year we were hoping, but I think he had one of the
3: best years on the team. I think that was
4: more, you know, his wrist wrist issues. Had he he been healthy, he would have had a a really
3: good season. I'm not even really talking about last year. I'm talking about next year and this year. And I'm talking about if you don't extend Hassan Kim, what happens? Who's your shortstop? Is Xander going back now? Is Is that a healthy way to run an organization? You deal with that
4: when the that arises. Okay. But right now, based on who you have, the best person you can put at shortstop is Hassan Kim. And I see your argument. You said, based on who you have right now, the best infield alignment probably would be Jake Cronenworth. A
3: guy that has played second base.
4: At second, and then move Xander Bogarts over to first. But I, mean, we
3: also- I wish Xander could play left, and you could just go get a first baseman and call it a day. And then you have a, a, a $280 million left fielder that's a good player and a hitter and everything else. Yeah, but, but that's
5: the thing. is This whole... Story when it broke on Friday morning, I go. I wasn't aware that this was even a concern. Uh, you right. I was more concerned about. Well, we need pitchers. We uh, don't have a DH
3: again. Like we have Jerickson Profar and and Sugar in the outfield. You can love Xander Bogarts and still not really understand why there was a need to bring him in, and still be happy that he's here. And so I don't feel bad for him. Like I said, he got paid like a shortstop. He's gonna play second. Mookie's done it. Bryce Harper's moved off his position. It happens, and it's really cool for the good of the team. I love it, man. I love selfless baseball players. There, there aren't many out there, um, and I think it's a good move. And I'm excited to see how it works. But is this the cycle now for the San Diego Padres? Is uh, uncertainty, uh, lack of cohesion, whatever, whatever you want to call it? I'm just throwing it out there. In that, you know, it is a it's a weird, weird thing. Um, to, to look at and have to do this. But let's every wait year. until
4: it becomes a problem before we call it a problem. I can't I can't tell you that it's been a problem yet. You can point and Correct. say yeah, Jake's numbers offensively are better at second base than they
3: are at first base. There's no real reason why that would happen. Well, you know, I'm you know I'm on Team Cronenworth, always. I love Crony, so I, I'm if he's my first baseman this year, let's ride. It could be
4: the exact opposite. I mean, Jake could have great numbers offensively at first base this year, and then on the days where they need him to play second base, he could be, could he be terrible. One fifteen. Yeah, it's you, baseball. It's baseball. You don't really you can't make a decision just based on the fact. Well, he hit so much better at short at second base last year. It's nothing to do with him. Is where you're standing in the field has nothing to do with what you produce at the plate. So make your decisions based on logical baseball reasoning. And that's why I like this. Right now, it makes logical baseball sense for me to have Hassan Kim at shortstop. You know Xander Bogarts is going to be around for many years. You stick him at second base where you think he can be very successful. Give him that opportunity. If it doesn't work out, yeah, you may have to adjust at some point. But for right now, I like the decision. And then if Jake doesn't work out at first base, which is still a possibility unfortunately, it's a lot easier to find a first baseman than a second baseman, even though So you say. We And it's really easy Our to find first a first baseman actually is a second baseman and a DH yeah. as well.
3: Our first baseman's a second baseman, so I don't know how easy it is at this point.
4: All right, let's check traffic. I want to get to some of the uh, the Eric Katsenda comments from Saturday morning at Padres Spring Training. The first uh, we have heard from the new Padres control person, interim control person, speaking with the media. Get to that after Kelly's traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, so when we got the news that Eric Katsenda was going to be speaking on Saturday morning at Peoria Sports Complex... Shouldn't have been that surprising, because that's the same day that Peter Seidler always used to stand and kind of do his start of the season scrum with the media uh, every single year. It's part of the Padres' tradition, the way they do things. And while Eric Katsinda had been notoriously behind the curtains and uh, reluctant to speak up to this point, uh, it follows with tradition that he would make some comments. So, you know, did the thing, got up, and of course, the first... The first few questions were all about the payroll, as you'd expect. When, hey, there's been major changes in the off season. You go from a payroll that's well over the luxury tax to now about twenty million under it. You're gonna you're gonna get those questions if you're the uh, the control person of the team. People wanted to know. All right, so why is uh why is payroll like a hundred million dollars lower than it was at this time last year?
7: Yeah, I think we went into the year with the view of, of assembling talent and, and balance for the team. Payroll um, payroll's an output of that. And I think as AJ's described, you know, we're not necessarily done. It's been a kind of an odd free agent market uh, evolution this year and so we're um, you know, we're marching toward building the, the talent pool that we think can win this year.
8: How much flexibility is there for what the rest of the offseason might bring?
7: There's flexibility, I mean, we don't get into specific payroll numbers, as you guys know, but, um, you know, we're working every day on on, on different enhancements to the roster, as well as as some trades and free agent stuff, so the, the, the roster is still in progress, and I think AJ's described that, as well. Are you looking to reset the luxury tax this year? again the that'll be an output of of the mission of kind of bringing a talented group together um, so we'll see hmm. um
3: i you know I, I didn't really know what to expect and I did I was you know championing him coming on at some point since the the passing of Peter. I know this is a situation in in um major league baseball that doesn't happen all the time right it's not something that that happens when a beloved owner passes away and there's uh, a bit of a um, there's a bit of um it, it, there's got to be a transition between things and we own this part and this part but you're going to be at the point man and you can tell that he's a thoughtful guy you can tell that he spent a lot of time with peter Seidler. you can tell uh but what what you can't tell from that interview is how passionate is eric katsenda about the San Diego Padres winning a World Series. That's the one thing. Now, with Peter, you knew it. Even with Ron, you knew it. That's They wanted that. Now, you don't know that with Eric, and that's not fair to foist that upon him and say, well, you need to – got to immediately be beating your chest for San Diego and its, its people, right? That's an unfair uh, thing to put on him. Don't you agree? It, it is. I
4: think listening to Eric Katsenda for the first time shouldn't be that surprising. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's tax season. It sounds like you're going and talking to your accountant. Correct. About, you know, your, your taxes and your bottom line. And by the way, kind of a compliment. You know what Eric Katsenda is? He's a certified public accountant. That's his training. That's what, that's what he does. That's how he started. That's part of his role with the business, with Seidler Equity Partners, and now with the San Diego Padres. So the fact that he sounds like a CPA means he's doing what his job is. Now, as a Padres fan, you would love to have an owner we like, had, we had like Peter yeah. Seidler, who's a little more dynamic and and positive and aspirational and thinking big about dreams and World Series. It's not really who Eric Katsenda was designed to be, He's, and,
3: and nor is it, nor is it, um, nor do, he doesn't have to be that person. I'd rather him be him than come out and BS us. Right? I'd rather just be I yourself yeah. and come out and, and say, you know, we're going to do this. Like, do what you – I think fans, fans are not dumb, man. Fans want to – if you tell me this is the way it is, I can – I have to – I accept it but, and, and move on.
4: You know, reading between the lines, no one wants to say, yes, we're resetting the luxury Correct. tax. Yes, you know, we're slashing payroll from last season. You don't have to say it. It's – it's completely obvious right. what you're doing. And yes, maybe you don't want to tip your hand completely. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still another, <laughs> you know, move or two sure. as, as he, as he alluded to before the start of the season, there's some flexibility. There are still some names out there, but I would be shocked if it was a giant move. If all of a sudden Cody Bellinger right. shows up at the Peoria sports complex on a nine year deal tomorrow, that clearly doesn't seem to be within the current plans of the San Diego Padres. Correct. They want to reset. They don't want to be paying money for nothing. I mean, who who among us likes to pay big money I for do. nothing at just, all?
3: Just me. Pretty much the only one in here that will spend money and for nothing. And
4: when, when you're over the luxury tax, as the Padres were last year, they spent $37 million on nothing at all, on a luxury tax penalty for a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Yep. That's, that's going to sit in anyone's craw. No doubt. I mean, it's bad enough to pay for the things you have to pay for. But to then pay on top of that for nothing at all is not going to sit well with any business. No question. So I do understand the desire to to reset that that penalty level and get below the luxury tax.
3: I did think it was important that he spoke. And now that he's spoken, I'm good. I kind of know I'm not going to be beating the table saying, we need to hear from Katsenda. Like, he spoke. That's all I asked of, of that organization was put him out there, let people see him. Let people get a sense for who he is and what he's about. And I think we know that now. And I, and I think, um, you know, again, there's rumors of transitions being done down the road to the back to the Seidler Sidler family with somebody there in charge. We'll see how the, all that plays out. It has been, and I do think fans need to give, you know, a small pause because it has been a difficult transition for him. I'll give him a pass for that.
4: All right, so uh, a few comments from the new control person for the San Diego Padres, part of a a big weekend of activity in Peoria. We'll talk more about it coming up. Also have take on Woods ahead, a chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. We'll play our first game of the week on a Tuesday morning next here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam.
1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more
2: epic.
1: And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: So things trending in a positive direction for the uh, San Diego State Aztecs (laughs) over the weekend. Got the big win over New Mexico on Friday night, avenging uh, their worst loss of the season. Uh, really, the Ajax Arena was absolutely Rock it, rocky. It always Rock. is, but uh, that game was a little extra loud. Paulie, as an alum, you had to feel proud of the show and, and how they brought it against uh, Jalen House, who, I mean, hits a three to open the game and immediately starts jawing with the show. And you just wanted to make him pay for that. That's like. As a fan, I can't that guy. Uh, no, um, no one can. Every fan base in the Mountain West can't stand Jalen House, which makes me respect him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy is you love unaf- to hate. he is unafraid, and he does not mind being the villain. He feeds off of it, but boy, you want to beat that guy. And and they got the best of the Aztecs in Albuquerque earlier this season, so that was one you really wanted to have. They got it on Friday night. Really good performance. Jaden Laddie had a huge week, 50 points against... Colorado State and New Mexico, he was named the Mountain West uh, Player of the Week yesterday for his efforts, and the Aztecs returned to the top 25 at number 19. Now, I've said many times, while I care about that, it doesn't really matter whether you're ranked. The Aztecs were also, though, ranked more importantly in something that does matter over the weekend. On Saturday, the NCAA selection committee, the actual people who you know put the seedings and the brackets out in less than a month revealed their preview top 16 seeds the top four seeds in each qu- in each quadrant as of Saturday so if this tournament started this week the Aztecs would have been a number 4 seed they had the Aztecs as a number 4 seed the 14th overall seed in the country which means They have been a little underrated by everyone all year long, at least uh, when it comes to the committee. They are higher on San Diego State, uh, and if they continue to play like they have, you can expect the Aztecs to get a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament going forward. Now, things can change. Obviously, you lose some games, they can drop you down a little bit, but San Diego State's in a really good position at this moment, and if they win tonight at Utah State, it's their last big Road challenge against the team they are currently tied with for first place. Uh, They can really solidify their position. They're already a lock. um, Like ESPN's uh, bubble watch has them as a lock in the the NCAA. They're going to to the NCAA tournament now. It's about maximizing your seed, putting yourself in the best position possible to have a another potential March run. And and they're doing it right now. They're playing some good basketball. The only thing they haven't been able to do, as we've said is win one of those big road games in the Mountain West. They've come close. This is really their last big chance to do so at Utah State. They get this one, though, tonight. They're in the catbird seat for the rest of the season, facing some of the the lower opposition the rest of the way. They can really control their destiny and... Put another banner into the rafters at Viejas Arena for a uh, regular season championship. So big one tonight. I don't. What's the uh, the spread? I know that Ken Palm has the Aztecs by one.
5: I saw. I won the last Aztecs two Aztecs plus two and a half. They okay, uh, so the Aztecs underdogs the
4: again. Just like I think, just like in the Nevada game, <coughs> two and a half point underdogs on the road. You guys both bet Aztecs that day. Yeah, I won both.
3: I won the last two games.
4: You oh I yeah. thought you lost that one because of the uh, the late
3: I won foul
4: and they put Nevada at the line and I won
3: their la- I've won their last two
4: okay yeah oh yeah well they won at home both yeah. the last two both this last week two. yeah I won both last those. road game though you lost last that last road one. game I lost that one. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how they do. We need a contestant for Take On Woods. If you want to call and play our musical trivia challenge to qualify for a getaway to Las Vegas, call now 833 eight zero ninety seven three 833 973 We're going to play our game in just a couple of minutes. The phone lines are open right now. So this is your chance to get in and, uh, play against Woods and qualify for Las Vegas. Coming up. Uh, anything else over the weekend? Padres did add uh, some international bonus money in a couple of trades they've made over the last week, $750,000 so that they can go ahead and spend in addition to the Leo de Vries signing. Uh, they'll have a little extra money. to. I think uh, they're targeting a pitcher from Mexico that hasn't been officially announced, but a little more money in the coffers that they can use to sign uh, international prospects because they lost, of course, a million dollars from that bonus pool by signing Xander Bogarts last year, one of the penalties—not just the, the the money that they spent right. on Bogarts, but they had to forfeit a million dollars of their bonus pool because he got a qualifying offer from the uh, the Boston Red Sox. So that was uh, money they lost. And they've now gotten most of that back. Of course, they had to trade a couple of uh, prospects away. Guy who had like a 1100 OPS in the Dominican uh, league, uh, you know, in the the rookie Dominican league yeah. for the Padres. Very. Very young, though, obviously, long, long way from the major leagues. And, and A.J. Preller is looking to uh restock with more international signings here this offseason.
3: Yeah, the uh, Pottery's added a couple of guys, too, over the weekend. Uh, Zach Rex is an outfielder, Ben, and a lefty reliever, Austin Davis. Uh, Davis is 31 years old, pitched in parts of five Major League Baseball seasons. Uh you know, depth, depth at Triple A, probably a couple of moves uh for the Padres. But you never know. I I've I gotta tell you, man, I, the the coverage that, that our Sammy Levin has been putting out every day has been through the roof. I mean it has been staggeringly great. The the close ups, the the sounds the the pop of Jackson Merrill's bat. Uh, apparently, Ethan Salas put on a display uh, for the ages the other day on the backfields hitting tanks, and Jesse Agler was there said it was unreal. Um, but Sammy has been covering all of this. He has just crushed it. I will say, though, the best video
4: yesterday came from our guest <laughs> at 7.35, A.J. Casavell, who was uh, filming some live BP, uh, some situational batting practice. Robert Suarez going up against Fernando Tatis Jr., and they said the count was full, and you can see Tatis absolutely just mauls one. Unloads. I mean, you can hear even some of the players go, "Whoa, incredible!" <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I never know who to cheer for. I don't either in those situations when it's you against a teammate in a backfield situation. It's like, yes, like, Tatis. I love watching yes, that like wait, but that's F. our that's our closer <laughs> that's We our closer. just gave up just a home run in a big count. situation. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's not really a s-
3: really big situation, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, guess, I'm like, he threw the heater, and he was ready for the heater. It is Tatis. Tatis, yeah. I think
4: anything that g- good that happens for Fernando Tatis Jr. is reason to cheer and not not too much cause for concern for a pitcher if he gives up a bomb to Fernando Tatis Jr.
3: A couple other uh, you know minor deals uh, going on in baseball right now. The Cubs signed David Peralta to a minor league contract, uh, which is again I you know he, he spent last year with the Dodgers. You look at that and go, all right, well.
4: Very injury
3: prone. Very injury prone, but you do feel. But like a guy you
4: could put in as a designated hitter. That's true. You know, some, something that the Padres do need, and obviously the cost was next to nothing for a minor league deal. Yeah,
3: he's a little behind. He had a, a surgery on his his flexor tendon in his throwing arm. But again, you know, you need you need a DH. Who's your DH if the season starts today? Matt Batten, Matthew Batten, Eggy Rosario. Not
4: someone that strikes fear into opposing lineups. No, at this it, point.
3: it's wild because you're looking and you're going, well, there's there's still some dudes out there um, that could help this team, but you, you see somebody on a minor league deal and you're like, okay, well, that's really nothing. Why? I, I just I'm I'm curious as to why we're not in on more of these. and one pitcher
4: who had been linked to the Padres this off season, Jin Ryu is reportedly signing with a Korean team going back to Asia as opposed to signing with a Major League Baseball team. So, yeah. uh, obviously, if he was uh, you know, someone in discussion with the Padres, they did not come to terms on a price, and he decided he's better off... Going back to the KBO rather than sticking around in Major League Baseball it's, this season.
3: It's been a wild one, man. This offseason, it has been a really, really wild one. And and uh, the rumors are that Blake Snell has an offer on the table. I don't know if it's been discounted yet, but uh, offer on the table from the Yankees for a, a not a not a huge long term deal with. But they, they said offer out to Blake Snell. Um, club currently has an offer out to the lefty. Giants and Angels are still possibilities. Andy Martino did throw some cold water on the proceedings, Said there's not much momentum of getting a deal done. And uh, there's your reigning Cy Young winner without a team. And, and you know, he's not, he's not out throwing bullpens right now on backfields. It's very strange.
4: All right, we'll get more uh, on the Padres from AJ Castleville, Padres.com, <laughs> coming up at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, let's get to our game. It's time to play Take On Woods.
3: It's time for Take On Woods. Take On Woods. Woods. Take On Woods.
4: Take On Woods brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes and you don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts. Go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com. And let's say hello to Billy this morning. Hey, Billy. Morning. Contestant today, five questions of musical trivia. If you beat or tie woods, we will put you into our grand prize drawing for the two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino and two tickets to Air Supply. Uh, They will be performing May 31st, June 1st at the International Theater. Tickets are available right now at Ticketmaster.com. All right, here are the categories you get to choose from today, Billy. I still have add a zero, uh, which is uh, you start with... uh, like one, and then you add a zero to each answer until you get to the end of the uh, the category. Gonna be good. Uh, that's a uh, gonna is the key word for all those answers. And call me Jim. Those are musical artists named James. So, of uh, add a zero, gonna be good, or call me Jim. What would you like to play?
6: Let's get add a zero.
4: Add a zero. It's been sitting there for a while. I'm looking forward to this. I think today's game will be fun. All right. So after you can get to hopefully our two-second song title. You're going to add a zero every single time to help you come up with the next answer in the sequence. You'll have 60 seconds to answer as many of the five as possible. If not, say pass. We'll come back to it. Try to keep in mind which uh, which uh zero you're on. It'll help you with the answer later on. But uh, 60 seconds, the category add a zero. Billy, are you ready to play? Ready. All right. You need to give me the title and the artist of the music that Paulie plays to score this first one. 60 seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Billy. Let's take on Woods. That's one of these nights by the Eagles? Correct. Name the British 70s rock band known for songs including I'm Not In Love and The Things We Do For Love. 10cc. Correct Which 2003 single became a number one adult contemporary hit for 5 for Fighting? 100 years Correct Which piano driven 2002 debut single by pop singer Vanessa Carlton is your only top hit? A thousand years A thousand miles Before embarking on a, a solo month. career, Natalie Merchant was the lead singer for which 90s alt rock band?
8: 10,000 media. Correct.
4: Four out of five. That's Very good. close. Very well done. I think that could be a winner today, I Billy. So. I think that could be a winner. Very not, tricky he's category. category. He's not going to be able to figure it out. All right, four is the score to beat. Let's bring Woods back in. In the category at a zero. All right, Billy's score is locked in. Billy. This category has been sitting here for a while. Billy, we'll don't see how be you do work. All right, Woods is uh, in the dark to start. 60 seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Billy. One of these nights by the Eagles. Correct. Name the British 70s rock band known for songs including "I'm Not in Love" and "The Things We Do for Love."
3: Not in love. Uh, pass.
4: Which 2003 single became a number 1 adult contemporary hit for Five for Fighting? Pass. Which piano-driven 2002 debut single by pop singer Vanessa Carlton is her only top hit? Pass. Before embarking on a solo career, Natalie Merchant was the lead singer for which 90s... 10, Maniacs. Correct. Name the British 70s rock band known for songs including I'm
3: no, Not In Love no, no. and The Things We Do For Love. Don't uh, they all run together. I don't know the category. It's oh. killing me. It's absolutely murdering Makes me. Makes it tough.
4: Uh, bread. Which 2003 single became a number one adult contemporary Uh, hit for five for fighting? I know this one. I don't know. Which piano-driven tooth are you done? done. Two. (laughs) Which means Billy, you have won it today by a four-to-two score. So this is a very tricky category. So I'll give you the answers, and then you'll know the category. One of these nights. Okay. Ten CC. One hundred years. A thousand miles. 10,000 Maniacs. The category was called Add a Zero. 1, you. 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000.
3: I don't know 000. that I would have gotten...
4: That's such a tough That's one. That's so such tough. A Billy tough knocked one. that out of the but park. But Billy did great. In fact, he almost got five for five. He said 1,000 years instead of 1,000 miles. Damn it. Otherwise, he would have had a perfect score today. Billy, stay on the line. Polly will get your information, put you into the drawing for the trip to Las
3: Vegas. An outstanding performance. I mean, there's no way I could ever discern there's what no that way. category There's is. no Never. way. No a chance. Chance. Such a tricky category. When they're that hard, Billy, give me the category. <laughs> my God, that was
4: brutal. <laughs> it was definitely one of my more clever
3: difficult, yes. hidden categories that, was, that we've done.
4: Even with the category, he might have beaten you. He still yeah,
3: might have gotten me. I don't know that I would have gotten the Vanessa Carlton win. He played that, that one well. Na, 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 na. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've heard it. I've heard it.
4: The title. The what's, title. It, what's the title? Yeah. Is it going to come right to your mind right now? I doubt it. Ooh, good that job, Billy. a tough one. All
3: right. Well, Billy can uh, win a chance to go see Air Supply.
4: All right. Uh, don't Do This is coming up next.
3: Bro, what is happening with the owners of baseball? Um, going after their fans and crying poor. It's very, very strange. Not uh, not just one owner no, right now, like, that's for sure. This, this could be a whole
4: segment about ownership. It could be. Uh, we will get to that. And a former Padre with an incredible accomplishment over the weekend. I'll have that in do-do this next after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this.
2: It's time for Don't
4: Spring training is underway, and for the latest Padres news, try listening to chapters from the show. Every day, each topic we cover is broken out, so you can find what matters most to you. To get started, just download the Honesty app. For instance, uh, today's Don't Do This chapter will center around Major League Baseball owners and how they are sticking their feet in their mouth today. I will get us started. Apparently, apparently, we figured out the problem with Scott Boris and free agency and why his clients haven't signed. I guess Scott Boris doesn't really understand how free agency works, would he? And the owner of the Cubs, Tom Ricketts, is explaining what the problem this offseason is. It's very simple, actually. Uh, Ricketts says that the Cubs are absolutely ready to go. Make free agent offers to maybe maybe Cody Bellinger, maybe Blake Snell, uh, other Scott Boris' clients, he just hasn't called yet. They're just waiting on him. According to Ricketts, he said, I'm like everybody else. We're just waiting. Waiting for whenever he and his agent are going to engage. It could be any time now, or it could be in a few weeks. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Of course, Scott Boris responded and said, Free agency is about recruiting players. It's uh, It's the normal owner's signature move to be involved in the efforts of recruiting players and reaching out to me... So I can convey to the player that the ownership of the team covets them. That's the essence of free agency and is a custom and practice for ownership to express commitment and involvement. I'm not supposed to call every team and go, hey, are you interested in my client? You're supposed to call me and say, hey, we're really interested in your client. Let's have a negotiation maybe on potential contracts and salaries. And the Cubs are going, no, 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 no. We're waiting for Boris to make his move now. It's It's like, that's not how it works. Yeah,
3: it's just like a staring contest, and nobody wants to give. And um, again, you know, there's something to be said, though, that the majority of guys left are represented by Scott Boris. I don't think you can look past that, but I also don't think you could look past, I'm not going to go so far as to call it collusion or anything like that, but I think there's the whispers of collusion of, we're tired of the way this guy does business, right? Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: You know, and he did say this, which is interesting. He said, "Ricketts, uh, I don't talk to Scott. One of his signature moves is to go talk to the owner. The owner. When you do that, you undermine the credibility of your GM, inserting yourself into that negotiation. I don't think that helps. I don't talk to him. Now, Peter Seidler, when he was here, didn't seem afraid to occasionally maybe talk to an agent or two. Sure. And you can say that is that a good thing or a bad thing? They would end up landing <laughs> more Scott Boris clients than most." Uh, maybe perhaps because Peter Seidler was willing to get involved. Did it undermine A.J. Preller? Did it cause them to have to pay more for certain clients? It's possible. It's definitely a factor. So you can kind of see that one both ways from uh, Tom Ricketts.
3: Uh, all right, so continuing in the... The, uh, the owner sticking his foot in his mouth. I mean, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you're, you're feeling pretty damn good about what happened last season. What a fun run it was for them, making it all the way to the World Series. Only to lose to the Texas Rangers. Well, uh, yesterday their, their owner, Ken Kendrick, spoke. Uh, and he's very frustrated because he's not getting the public funding, Ben, that he wants to upgrade Chase Field. Listen to his comments. One sec. Polly's going to get it loaded. There, there we go. go. We're ready. We're firing on one cylinder.
9: <laughs> well, we, we we aren't having those conversations. There are, there are opportunities available. You know, there are other cities that would covet having Major League Baseball. It, it, I mean, it's not like I'm you know speaking out of school to say that. And those names are they're prominent cities uh, that would love to have a Major League team. We're not in dialogue with those communities but yeah we we are aware of what is going on there there is likely to be in time an expansion of our sport to a couple of additional cities cities are letting uh, MLB know their interest their interest in getting a team is specific Uh, they would be happy with a brand new franchise but they would certainly be very happy you know with frankly a successful existing franchise it's not where we are spending time or energy uh, uh, we may run out of time in Phoenix. What? We hope that won't happen. Uh, you know we're you know we're hard at it. We're continuing to have meetings. But We've ramped up the uh, dialogue in every way that we know how, uh, and we'll continue to do that. So we are
3: we are having meetings about getting some public funding to upgrade Chase Field, which is a dump, by the way. Uh, we're going to get some some public funding for that. We're not putting a lot of energy into it, but we actually are. We're hard at work on it. Um, the thing is, there are going to be a couple of other cities that would really, they'll love a new team, but they would take the Arizona Diamondbacks in a New York minute. It's it's baffling to me the, to get up in front of your fan base and dangle the possibility that we may even be thinking about sitting down in a meeting to talk to somebody in Portland about moving to Portland or Nashville or, or anywhere else uh, after what you guys have built. Uh, so far and and with a bright future and, and you've spent money. You've spent money in the off season, You've improved your team. It just feels like you go in let the air out of the, the balloon a little bit uh, you know, your third day of spring training, right?
4: That was Ken Kendrick thinking he was clever. How can I threaten that if things don't go my way, we may need to consider moving
3: without actually threatening that right. we're
4: going to move?
3: When you say though to your fan base, hey We we may now we've done that to our fan base before. Listen, we may run, we our contract may run out. That was the truth. What they're doing in Arizona, though, he just wants. He's a billionaire that wants other people to pay for his renovations and his upgrades. I mean, and that's how really the rich stay rich.
4: But here is the thing: when you when you sort of threaten that you may in the future have to move if you don't get what you want, that that's actually a threat now.
10: Yeah, that's you a can't, straight up threat. just
4: because you said we've seen it. We're not re- actively talking to any other cities, but once we know you, they exist. Once you point it out, that's you've already made the threat. Now, yeah, you, you don't need to bring it you, you, up. You're making everybody aware that you're willing to pull the trigger on going on a move to another city if you
3: don't get what you want. Better you, you to made just, that threat. Better to just say, yeah, we're you know we're still pounding out those meetings right now. You know, our our goal is to stay in Arizona. Obviously, I mean, we love it here. We saw the the support last year for the world series run we got a great the mike hazen's done a great job in the offseason look at these guys we brought in no come on guys and we're, and if we're it sounds hard familiar
4: it. to san diego fans yes yeah the chargers were always saying yeah we're going to continue working here in san diego but there was a story out of carson or la about stadiums you know they were always linked to it it was always that that threat that was dangling over everybody's head Awful, and It's a it's a real threat it and really it's is. there i mean you can't you can't take it lightly and just say, well, where's he going to go? Because they will. They will they up will. and move even and, if they don't have a place to and play. And they've already indicated that now they will go and, if they don't get what they want.
3: And Ken Kendrick now knows, hey, the commissioner will unilaterally just approve this even if we don't have a home at this point based on how it's gone in Oakland so far. Easy name to remember. Ken Kendrick. Ken Kendrick. I don't trust those guys. like Ben Benning, Steve Stevens, Paul Paulson. Your parents are unorig- un- unoriginal, I think.
4: Now, sometimes a guy just it's their nickname hey Kent Kendrick ah Ken, call him Kenny Kenny Kendrick but his that's his actual name. name is like Stewart or right. something and they just don't
3: refer to him by that Kenneth Kendrick Steven Stevens <laughs> Ben Bennings and Paul Paulson that's how we do it all, all right, right. do do this
4: final little do do this I saw this do do. this was pretty fun over the weekend from at Heath Bell 21. And there's some video here. In Las Vegas, in a tournament, finally bowled a 300 Come on. game. That's dude. Awesome. First one ever. Think I'm going to go pro now. And you see him giving it the old hip thrust on the final strike. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> I do. Do you know how many strikes does it take to bowl a perfect game once? 13? 12.
3: 12. So close. Very good. 10. And then the extra two. Then the extra two. How much are you soiling yourself? At about when do you start soiling yourself? Eight? Seven or six. eight, I think. Six, seven, eight. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the perfect. I game mean if for you're six. decent.
4: I've never gotten more than three in
3: a row. I don't I've gotten a turkey once, I think. No. Yeah. That's what they call a turkey in the biz. True. Uh good for him, man. Our own uh, little Mookie bets. Heath bell. <laughs> I didn't even know he was a boy. Who do you think you are? I just saw that that guy retired uh like in the
4: last week over Had he already retired.
5: 41 years in uh I professional he was bowling
4: <laughs>
3: Pete Weber. <laughs> Pete Weber. He honestly I,
4: if you had played Peter Pete Weber dead or alive I What do you think away
3: He I saw a quote actually uh, maybe that's from the same piece Polly but he said you loved me or yes. you hated me. But you watched. I said, God, that's as hard as it gets. What do you think you are? I am. This guy's a, he's brilliant. And brilliant.
4: that's Don't and Do Do This for a Tuesday.
3: That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The
4: Fan. All right, we'll come back. AJ Casavell is going to join us. Padres.com, covering the team at spring training. Get caught up on all the biggest stories
11: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Do do this. We just heard our Don't Do This. We heard Ken Kendrick talking about potential expansion as well in Major League Baseball. And this morning, just a few minutes ago, Jeff Paston came out with a piece at ESPN.com about expansion is coming. Uh, and, you know, went through some of the possibilities that, you know, Salt Lake City, Na- Nashville, looking like two of the definite leaders in the clubhouse for the 31st and 32nd Major League Baseball teams, pointed out, though, that there hasn't been a new team in baseball since 1998 when the Diamondbacks and Rays entered the picture. And that's the longest stint now, 26 years without an expansion team since they went from 1901 to 1961. And I remember so as a kid, 1993, when the Rockies and Marlins yep. joined. for me, it's crazy because it, the you know, the Mariners and Blue Jays were 1977, but we were too young yeah. to remember that. So essentially, baseball as we grew up was the same. Twenty. 20- well twenty sixteen the entire time. And then all of a sudden, hurry these two new teams, the Rockies and the Marlins just existed out They're of nowhere.
3: Both popped on the scene with these weird color schemes yep. and weird uniforms. And you're like, what in the world? But they had some Good ass players on the team, and it was exciting. And then five
4: years later, you had two more teams. It wasn't quite as novel at that point, but it's been a long time—twenty-six yeah. years—since there's been a new team.
3: I- I'll say this: it-, it will it will be hard to adjust. It's a hard it's a hard well, adjustment.
4: And the big thing will be when it happens, there'll be a major realignment with thirty-two teams. You may see more like football's four-team
3: divisions. San Diego Padres in the Central.
4: How about that?
3: Probably let's not. Let's make that happen. Probably not.
4: Mm-hmm. All right, let's check traffic. When we come back, uh, A.J. Cassaville is standing by from pondres.com, Spring training in Peoria. Don't go anywhere. Ben Woods, a 97.3 The Fan. Of course, next week at this time, we'll be sitting out on the back patio at the Peoria Sports Complex. Right. We might have this conversation in person, but right now, uh joining us from pondres.com, Pondres beat writer, A.J. Cassaville is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. A.J., what are we missing out there this morning?
8: Uh, not a whole lot this morning so far, but we're two days away from games, so that's uh, that's always exciting. You're missing photo day actually, so lots of people dressed in their full uniform today as opposed to the, the spring training thread.
3: Well, AJ, I really love the piece that you dropped over the weekend. The ripple effects, uh, five ripple effects of Bogart's position switch, and we we've talked about it a little bit this morning. And you know, I, I I didn't want to come in and throw cold water on on everything immediately. I feel like I kind of might have early in the show, but is this a I, I, look? I can love this move, and I can appreciate and respect Xander Bogarts, but also, do you get the sense that Xander's just kind of like the – not the odd man out. He make, you know he makes a ton of money. got a big, big deal. Uh, they paid him like a shortstop, but it's like, man, I, you feel like it's like every year we're going to be doing this with Xander Bogarts. Do you feel like this is a position change that's going to stick for him?
8: Well, it depends on how he fares with the position change itself. I, I tend to think he'll be pretty good at second base just based on kind of his – I mean, his footwork at shortstop's good. His, I mean, his hands are quick. I, I I think he'll probably fare pretty well at second. And obviously, you have Jake Cronenworth who can play gold glove finalist caliber second base. And so, the questions are going to persist if Bogart isn't that great at second. Does he, should he move to first base? Should he move the left field? Like, other areas of need. And you're right. Like, the, the fit with Bogart's an interesting one because it's not, like, what the Padres needed at the time. Because they had a shortstop. They had a second baseman. They had a third baseman who they ended up extending before uh, – Bogarts could have made the move there. so so Odd man out is probably the wrong way to say it because he's an integral part of the lineup and he's probably going to hit second or fourth, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how this this transition goes because switching positions to the other side of the diamond, which he's never done in his life, is going to come with some challenges. I, I would say probably not fair to grade it based on how he does early, certainly in spring training, maybe early in the season, but Toward the end of the season or toward the middle of the season, if he's playing a solid second base, maybe he entrenches himself there. Guys tend to have longer shelf lives than, than they do at shortstop uh, at, at second base. So that could, that could become a long-term home for him.
4: AJ, if this was the right move for the Padres now, and I think it probably is, wouldn't it have been the right move last year as well? And did the Padres simply not do it? Because they promised Xander that they wouldn't, that he could play shortstop for at least one season.
8: Yeah, it was probably it probably would have been the right move last year. I think the, the, I don't know that the Padres envisioned Kim having the humongous breakout season that he had. And so if Kim's more of a versatile kind of the, the fourth guy in that infield that can move around and play all the spots and fill in for guys when they need that day off, maybe that's what they were planning for, and then he kind of exceeded everyone's expectations by going out and for at least the first five months before he struggled in September being kind of all-star caliber, um, got some MVP votes, like that level of player, then absolutely he's the shortstop. I think Xander Bogarts was pretty solid defensively at shortstop last year, at least kind of compared to what he was earlier in his career with the Red Sox. He was a pretty solid shortstop. And so when he signs and he wants to play shortstop and he says I can be a pretty good defensive shortstop and the Padres say, all right, you can be our shortstop for 2023, I don't know that that doesn't make sense. I think that all... Kind of computes for me. And then the question is once it becomes clear in June that probably Hassan Kim is a better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogart's, well, at that point, you're not going to ask him to transition in the middle of the season. That's 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 too tough. And so here we are at spring training where you can kind of get those reps in and you can learn, you can you can learn without learning on the fly. It, it I think that's maybe the way it shook out. And
3: uh, we're talking to A.J. Casavelle here uh, from MLB.com on Ben & Woods. And it's pretty obvious when Mike Schill came out and spoke to you guys the other day when he said, look, you know, we we talked about this when we were in Aruba, and I I broached the subject with him. He was receptive to it. Now there's some other things we can't, you know, let out of the building – it was Xander. We may end up trading Hassan Kim. Kim. Uh, we may end up keep end up keeping him. And, and Mike Schilt told us, "Hey, speculate freely." I know you're going to. Those were the conversations. I'm assuming that they were having that Xander. You may be at short. You may be at second, depending on what happens with Kimmy.
10: Yeah,
8: and I don't know how much of that they told Xander explicitly, but that has to be what's going on there because uh, for it to have lingered as long as it did, and for kind of Xander to say, "Hey, if I, I like," he was in, in our conversation with him. He was pretty. I think for a guy who loves playing shortstop as much as he does, who wears number two for Derek Jeter, who never moved off shortstop even at the end of his career when he probably should have, like, I I can't – it was not easy for Xander Bogart to move off shortstop, and I think he's earned some kind of respect in the clubhouse for for being willing to do so. The one thing that he did kind of say he wished was done a little differently was that he got reps to do so earlier, uh, er, earlier in the offseason, and the Padres said, hey, that's a completely fair – right yeah. but we didn't necessarily know where you were going to be playing and the only if this move was going to be made when he got to camp the only justification behind that would be that they didn't know whether Hassan Kim was going to be there or not and I think with this move being made and Xander Bogarts let work at second base now and and him taking the spring to do that now it seems at least somewhat likelier maybe significantly likelier that Kim is here for at least this season and then we'll see where it goes
4: AJ uh, competition's been kind of a a watchword this spring competition for outfield spots lineup spots starting pitching spots in the rotation but we've also heard Mike Schiltz say you can't put too much on spring training results because part of that is working on things and getting ready for the season so how do you think the Padres are going to make some of these decisions when it comes to maybe whether or not a young prospect is ready? Have they already made some of the decisions possibly and are just looking for confirmation this spring? What's what's your sense there?
8: I don't think they've made the decisions. I think they have I think they have probably their own internal evaluations of where this would go based on what the roster is now, based on whatever trade they can make. And they kind of want the guys – I mean, there's, there's serious opportunity for guys like Jackson Merrill, Grant uh Jacob Marcy. Like, those guys, if you're looking at this roster as it stands right now, could all, in, in theory, be on the opening day roster. I would expect the Padres to add guys to make those spots maybe a little more scarce. But if you're drawing it out now and if the Padres say, hey, we like these guys a lot, we like what they've done at kind of the upper levels in the minor leagues, we like the off-seasons they had, that doesn't mean that they've made the decision. They still want, they still need those guys to come out and, and if not perform in the fall league because those numbers, like numbers-wise, because those numbers are, are – they are what they are. Different guys are working on different things. There's just a different way to evaluate kind of readiness, and the Padres have always shown that. I mean, I think we saw – I'm sure Fernando these Jr.'s numbers in 2019 spring training were, were great, but to me it was more than the numbers. It was just like watching the guy. It was like, oh, yeah this guy is clearly a, a big leaguer. And if they send him to the minor leagues, like that's not where he belongs. I think they're going to ask those guys. And, and that was an obvious one. There, it, there's tougher evaluations to be made with, with prospects who are, who are maybe at a lower level than what Tatis was. But those are the evaluations that'll be had. It's not necessarily, Oh, this guy hit 350 in the thin air in Arizona where everyone's throwing fastballs. Cause they're trying to get their location down or whatever. Like that's not how they look at it. It's just more of a, it's more of an evaluation, it's a field thing, and I think the Padres have proven they're pretty willing to promote guys when they look the part.
3: Yeah, no question about it. It's A.J. Casavell joining Ben and Woods this morning. Um, You know, I've heard the name Ethan Salas a lot. I've heard a lot of rave reviews about his work out there, uh, his ability, uh, you know, at the plate, behind the dish. I've heard Iriarte's name mentioned a bunch from guys like Bob Scanlon went out and watched him throw, exploding fastball, all this. Anybody uh, on your radar that maybe we have that that you've seen that's impressed you a little bit uh, so far, A.J.?
8: Uh, You hit on some of the big ones, Iriarte's. Iriarte's. I've heard... Pretty good things about him and kind of if, if he can kind of locate that slider and where it needs to be like that's a big league caliber arm um i this is these are not like young off the radar guys These sure. are two guys who i think would, would make the roster um but uh brito and vasquez i keep I, I keep hearing good things from people behind the scenes that probably aren't don't necessarily have to pump them up like Everyone in the organization wants to pump those guys up because they traded one Soto and, and you, want the, you want the package to look good. But I've I heard really good things about the stuff those two guys have and their ability to get outs and kind of what I think they'll be able to do under the tutelage of Ruben Niebla. Uh, and and from the live sessions that I've watched, they've both looked pretty pretty nasty. So I would be kind of excited about what they could potentially bring to the back of that rotation. That's not me saying I would be excited enough that the Padres shouldn't go out and add another starter because they still should. But uh, there's there's at least a level of comfort and security that you've got guys with the stuff that I think the Padres feel uh, are, are capable of, of making things happen.
3: And are you a little surprised that, you know, guys like, you know, Dom Smith, he's a million bucks, whatever, uh, David Peralta, guys like that coming off the board. I mean, if the season started today, we were talking about who's going to designate, you know, be the designated hitter. It's probably Matt Patton at this point. Uh, surprised that there haven't been more flyers taken on some guys.
8: I still think there will be flyers. Yes, I'm surprised. But I, I it's there's still some guys on the board that I would assume the Padres will, will just look into adding now it's a it's a a fine line to walk because you have these prospects that you're excited about you have these guys that that you want to give opportunity to and so you don't want to take that opportunity away by adding a guy who's really only a fringe piece who you're paying money to who might end up having his job supplanted so you want to make sure you're getting a guy who's who's at least there for the long haul of the season that that said I, i i would assume that the padres need to add a dh and just kind of solidify some things on their bench and there's 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 guys available. I think that's maybe the spot on a in a market that's been kind of evolving kind of weirdly. Um, there are there are some like kind of DH outfield bats that I think the Padres could. I mean, they're coming off the board a little bit, like you said, but they're 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 still out there. and still available.
4: Talking to AJ Casavell. Did you bring a bird with you? Hey, bird watching this morning to spring training. Trying to
8: walk away from these birds. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh, so let's talk bullpen <laughs> a little bit, uh, AJ and and Mike Shild discussed it a little bit this week, and everyone wants to know: hey, Is it going to be Suarez in the ninth? Will it be one of the new guys? Padres have a lot of eighth inning arms. It feels like. I mean, <laughs> last yeah. year they last year you just didn't have any idea who was the eighth inning guy. So, I mean, Brent Honeywell got some eighth inning. Which is not a good thing last year. Now they have almost an overabundance of that. Now we have,
3: say that every year, though. Well, I
4: think it's different. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you think, AJ, because I definitely I think there's a different feel this year to the Padres bullpen than there was last year.
8: Yeah, it's it's pretty kind of finely balanced in terms of what the guys can do, the pitches they throw, the handedness. Um, you look at maybe who their six or seven big arms are. I think it's four righties, three lefties, and different arm slots, different pitches that they throw. Suarez, I, I think, and I, I think Mike Schultz hinted at this maybe yesterday, maybe two days ago, that, that he is the ninth inning guy, the most likely guy there, but it's not set in stone. Um, and I think what that means is it's, it's not set in stone even, even probably at the end of spring training. Like, if, if the big matchups and there's three right-handed hitters coming up in the eighth, and you've got maybe a lefty or two in the ninth, well, you can put Suarez in the eighth and Yuki Matsui in the ninth, and one of the good things about the way the podcast has designed this bullpen is even if like you said, I think there's their are eighth inning caliber arms, like guys with with stuff that, that are kind of set up pieces in a in a vacuum. But they're guys that have pitched the in ninth inning before, whether it be in Japan, Korea, wherever. Um, Robert Suarez is, is, is that guy, but if you're flipping guys around, it's not like they don't have that experience of locking down those those final three outs.
3: Love it, man. See you
4: next week. AJ, we'll see you out there.
8: Looking forward to it. Right,
4: you guys. And enjoy the games as they get started here on Thursday. AJ Cassivelle, MLB.com, Pondre's, uh beat writer. And we heard, of course, that uh, Joe Musgrove will get the start on Thursday in the first game against the L.A. Dodgers in the Cactus League with Michael King also pitching in that piggyback. game. Piggy-
3: piggybacking. Love the piggyback.
4: Get uh, two starters. And Mike Schultz said, don't. I know you'll read a lot into it. Don't read too much into it. We're going to be doing all season, Mike. Here we go. Is that the Musgrove
3: King combo?
4: Does that mean that Joe Musgrove will be the opening day starter yeah. in Korea? Oh, yeah. I mean, does you Dar- Darvish make some sense, though, obviously? Does. In Asia, getting him on the mound first, maybe you first in Asia, and then Joe first in San Diego the next week. Although, you kind of want to keep him in the same order if you're going to pitch him, they get them in the same Pitch. They could both games. pitch those two
3: games and then be ready to pitch for the home opener. The home right. opener yeah. right,
4: I mean, is, does it matter which order they go? No. I, I'd be very shocked. If it wasn't Darvish and Musgrove in some order of those two, correct. Although if if Michael King looked great, you, you don't want to completely take him out of the equation. Or maybe, I mean, knowing that you're not going to use another starter for more than a week, maybe you pitch, but bo- two starters in both games.
3: You yeah, do it piggyback.
4: You do uh, Musgrove and King like you're piggybacking in one game, and maybe you know Darvish and. Avila in another game, or Darvish and Vasquez in another game. Just I'm going to throw curveball at like
3: you and go position players starting both games on the mound against the Dodgers in Korea. That's what I'm going to do. Jake <laughs> like, Cronenworth, little early never see again. It coming, yeah, they'll never see that. Little coming. early for the speculation. Just watch Dave Roberts. Uh, they said no, himself. no
4: Otani, no Yamamoto oh. though for the Padres uh, game on Thursday He's in Peoria. Scared. They are keeping them away from the Padres' dangerous, dangerous team. All right, we'll come back, uh, reset everything, hour number three next year on The Fan.
3: Halfway home on a Tuesday. Ben and Woods, 97.3, the fan. Thanks so much for being here with us. Been a great morning so far. Good to talk baseball again with my boys and uh, with all you guys out there. And uh, thanks to AJ Casabell for joining us. We got swinging Sammy Levitt coming up at nine. The guy has just been knocking it out of the park every single day out of Peoria. Very, very, uh, he's an inspiring cat, man. He really is. He, he, he inspires me to work harder. It uh, doesn't always work, but he, he inspires me to think about at least working harder for sure. Uh, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. And we kicked the show off this morning talking about, um, you know, our, our various illnesses and whatnot. And uh, we did make it out to the baseball field for our first tier one game. We did win that game 16 9. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And after, when I got home, and was logging in all the stats. And uh, looking at the pictures, we had uh, Brian Sims as a photographer. He came out and took some really cool shots. He was sending them our way. And I noticed the the Peter Seidler heart on our, our jersey. And I thought, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to play this season for something more than just going out and playing baseball with my buddies. So I decided... Every game we win, I'm going to throw a hundred bucks in to the, uh, the Peter Seidler foundation. And, uh, Ben let me know this morning it will be matched up to four times, right? So for every hundred I throw in, that's $500 that the foundation will get, which Correct. is great. Now, when we did the, the tryout for the tier one team, uh, man, I 50 guys show up, 50, 60 guys. It was one of the more special days I've ever had in radio. It was incredible to see, um, the power of radio, like in action on a, on a cold and drizzly morning, just like this. Guys coming out wanting to make the team. Obviously, I can't have a team full of fifty. I probably shouldn't have a team full of twenty. But I got we got twenty one guys on our squad now, um, and it was so much fun. But th- some of the guys that didn't make the team have started their own team in a different league down in the SDABL, which is a, a down south league. And uh, the name of their team is Team Scales. Uh, they call themselves informally the Tier Two, the Tier Twos. They got a, a sponsor, um, and they have agreed this morning to also donate to the fund for each win as well. So I think that's fantastic. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, let's see how much we can raise for the Peter, Seider, Peter Seidler Foundation this year. Um, just very, very cool and happy to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. It sounds cool. like everybody wants to be there. They, they do, man. And I had a lot of people like, bro, why didn't you invite me? I said, man, we talked about this tryout for months, months and months and months, and it was a pipe dream. And to see it actually come out and to see those jerseys, how cool they came out and uh, everybody out there just, just raring to go and having a good time, being with each other, um, that brotherhood on the baseball field. It was just so much fun. It was so much fun. I'm so happy to be back. And you did ask me, does that mean you're, you're pretty much done with golf now? And, you know, I, I mean, as of now, yes, it's baseball season. So I'm full bore, like, probably. You're won't. not one
4: of these baseball players who likes to, you know. Tee
3: it up on the the off days in between
4: no, the games. No, I mean... Greg Maddox style. No,
3: I, I I really just want to throw all of my energies and efforts into uh, this team and making it the best uh, that it can be. And, yeah, because, you know, you're getting paid tens of millions of dollars <laughs> right. to play and manage for this team obviously you'd think it would be your top priority. One would think, yes, but my family uh, does come first above everything and of course right. we are alluding to the the comments over the weekend from one Anthony Rendon.
2: Yikes. And
3: yeah, okay, so let's let's break this thing down a little bit. So Anthony Anthony Rendon talked to Sam Blum uh you know, at spring training and I'll tell you, the audio the printed word made it look I'd say 10 times worse than the actual audio. It often does. It often does. Um, When you see Anthony Rendon making these comments about how baseball is really not his top priority and it really hasn't been for a while, I think to the common person, which is 99.99% of us out there, we look at that and go, oh, yeah, man, you have it super tough. 35 a year. Um, I think they said he makes one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in at bat, somewhere like that, for an at bat to go up there and watch three strikes. Ben, he made one hundred and eighty. Boom! That's Ben Higgins' money right there for one at bat. Bam! Imagine that. So let's do. We have the audio, Paulie? Mm-hmm. Let's play the audio that uh, that they got from Rendon at spring training.
8: Is it still a top priority for you?
6: Though? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving.
2: Is it a priority?
6: Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here. Aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at 7 in the morning or whatever time <laughs> yeah. it is. I so, that.
8: You, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have you?
6: answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Be
8: smiling. <laughs>
3: yeah, he technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So Rendon has played in the last four seasons a total of two hundred baseball games. Now he had a shortened season in there, sixty game season, uh, but he played two hundred games. He signed a huge deal with the uh, the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. And uh, I, Benny, I don't know. We do this a lot in sports media where we say, man, I'm tired of these canned answers. I want the real truth. Ah, I don't think we do. I don't think we want the real truth, to be honest with you, because that, I feel, is the real truth from Anthony Rendon. Both well, things can be
5: true, though. You can, can. You can want the honest truth, the honest answers, and, and do have not have to like, like every yeah, single time. You, you
3: don't have to like it. I got an interesting discussion yesterday with my buddy Bradley on Twitter about it. And Bradley was taking a hardline stance of – Look, that's great. That's an absolutely refreshing perspective. And people, probably everybody out there should have that perspective of, no, this is a job. This is what I do to make money. But I, I, my overarching point was, I'm fine hearing that from a guy that actually goes out and plays in the games in which he's paid to play. I'm fine hearing that. You go out, you give your best effort every single time, you're on the field. I'm a hundred percent on board with you saying, bro, this is a gig. it's just a gig for me. you know I, yeah, you want you want passion to to drip from these guys. It doesn't it's not always the case. They may not love the game. they were just blessed to be able to play the game. Now there are guys that would play the game for free. There are guys that would pay to play the game. Um, that doesn't have to be every single baseball player. Does that make sense? It
4: makes sense to me. I I mean, is this a story at all? If Anthony Rendon is putting up all-star numbers... It's not a story. I really don't think it is. It's not a story at all. I don't think it is. It's only a story because he has been so unproductive for such a high price tag for the Los Angeles Angels. It's been a terrible signing for the Angels, and I'm sure Anthony Rendon gets tired tired of hearing about what a disappointment he's been since he joined the Angels. But he is. He's been an incredible disappointment for angels fans for the angels organization it was an unforced error though the way he brought it up when he said you know it's hey is this a priority all he had to do was say absolutely it's always a priority of mine to get back on the field to be contributing helping my teammates out you know being the best version i can you know no one's then going to say oh is your family not a priority I guess your family's not that important to you right why do you hate your family no one's to gonna say that if you say, <laughs> yes, baseball is a priority to me. Oh,
3: you must be a real crap Baseball dad. is
4: a top priority to oh, me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
5: God, I would love to know what Artie Moreno thought after those comments. I mean, I, I mean, We I just, just played Anthony Rendon in audio like three weeks ago <laughs> of him saying, yeah, the season needs to be shorter. Oh, really? You think that? Who averages like 40 games a year. Yeah. You want the season shorter. Okay.
4: It's an unforced error. Like, I wouldn't error be happy if I was writing that paycheck. By Rendon, who has to understand that... When you get paid a ton of money and your fan base is disappointed, they're going to want at least a little lip service. It's all you have to offer right now.
3: I wash me, baby. I
4: wash me. You have no production. You have no health. You don't really even have that much promise right now to offer to fans. You know what you can offer? A little bit of lip service about being a good teammate and giving your best effort and this being a priority and important to you. All fans want to know is it's important to the players like it's important to them. Because you know what? It is important to us as fans. We want the team to do well. We put a lot of thought and time and our energy into cheering for you. We'd like to think that the people who are actually, you know, getting paid incredible amounts of money, at least put it the amount of, you know, desires and their hopes into it as we do as fans. It doesn't mean that we think you should neglect your children. And that your faith is not important to you as well, and even if that How is do you hate God so, even much, if that Anthony. is a bigger priority, you know, in the big scheme of things, I totally understand that. But make it feel like you care as much as we do, as fans, yeah. at the very least. I mean,
3: look, and that, you know, listen, and, and I, I got I was it was a nice discussion with my pal Bradley, who I like. Um, but I there's another interview where he literally says it's a podcast going around a quote. And he says, "I wouldn't wish this life on anyone, really." That, to me, is a little bit um, – not a little bit. It's a lot misguided. A lot misguided. And he, there's another uh, interview in which he refers to, yeah, man, you know, this game just turns you into this and that, and we're out there, we're traveling around, we're staying at the Ritz-Carlton, the Four Seasons, and, you know, then we end up in a Marriott, and it's like, what am I doing here in a Marriott? And he's like, he turn, turns you into this kind of person you don't want to be, which I'm sympathetic to, certainly. That being said, to say I wouldn't wish this life on anybody, bro – I mean, 35 mil a year to barely go to work is is a pretty good gig, if you can get it. I mean, I you know, I, I would like to – I like this job. And I'll tell you, I, I will say this. It's, this is the God's honest truth. S- seven, eight years ago, this was my identity. That's all I cared about. Now, I've seen a lot of cautionary tales along the way in this business <laughs> to make me realize this better not be your identity. You better have something else. Now, luckily for me, I've got a family – uh, that uh, always will come first. This used to be this microphone in front of me was it. That's I felt like that's all I had and that's all I was. I don't feel that way anymore. It doesn't mean I'm a worse broadcaster.
4: When Rendon says, I'm here, aren't I? In response <laughs> to, is this really a priority yeah. for you? I think to me, we've all worked with people who show up at work, you know, because they have to. Sure. They need a paycheck. Yep. That doesn't mean it's. That important to them, though. They're not giving their best effort. They're not there. We've seen that, right, everybody? Sure. Sure. So when someone says, I'm here, aren't I, (laughs) is not a great selling point that's telling me that you really do care about your job. And the the
11: other thing, too. you're
4: here because, yeah, you've got a $245 million deal, and you want to actually, you know. Get paid the money that they're
3: owing you. If you don't show up, they're they're still they're not going to pay you. No, so, they will. Yeah. Though in baseball, you still get paid. You, I mean, he, I, he doesn't have to go to, to one day of work, and he's still going to make thirty five million dollars. He does not. I mean, if he did not take one, if he million. just refused to show up. No, they, well, could yeah, not, you, they could not pay him. But you could come in, and well, so the other thing that it led to was this. Okay, so if it's not if playing the games isn't an actual top priority for you. How important, then, is your rehab and your desire to get back on the field? I think that's fair to question. He was questioned about that last year when and he, he was st-
5: medically cleared to play. He said, and no, he I'll let English. Duck in interviews, now,
3: wouldn't talk to the media. Now, again, though, in his defense, a little bit, allegedly, he he they, they said he had a shin bruise. Well, he had a fracture in his shin, and he, I guess he tried to play through it. Didn't work. It... It's murky. It's murky in a lot of cases. The Angels are a murky organization. We know that as well. They haven't handled it the right way, but they're the ones that stroke the guy that check. In my opinion, if I'm an Angels fan, you know, look, if our third baseman came out and said that, that's all we would have talked about today. Four hours. Hair on fire. What is wrong with Manny Machado or whoever uh, said something like that? But I, I do think that that is a fairly... Decent perspective that I do have a life outside of here. I do have other priorities. That's okay with me. As long as you show up to work and do your job, he's not doing his job. That's that's where it. That's where the issue
5: really doesn't work in Rendon's favor. Is the other very big-name player on the Angels, Mike Trout. This weekend. We're in the the studio right now. We have MLB Network on, and they were just uh, showing some B-roll from Angels Spring Training Camp. And the (laughs) quote across the screen said, Mike Trout, quote, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship here. Like, that's a guy that you will have to drag his dead body off of the baseball field. You know what I mean? Like, that's all he wants to do is win, win for that team. I don't really know why he – it's just it's a crime against the sport what the Angels have done to Mike Trout's Correct. career. Yeah, but the guy, there's no question that he wants to be out there every single day giving it his all.
3: And how do we feel about that? By the way, how do we feel about you know multi MVP winner Mike Trout who signed a long term extension with the Angels who has said in camp, "I'm in Artie Moreno's office asking him to sign other players." <laughs> I want to win a championship here. I, I, championship here. I'm loyal to Anaheim. I want to be here. Do we... Is that... Like, I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. As a baseball fan first, yes. I want to see Mike Trout win a World Series ring. How do we feel about that? Do we love that about Mike Trout, that he's willing to stay and slog it out with the Angels, even though they're they're not going anywhere?
4: I think um, we acknowledge that Mike Trout is simply better at handling the situation than Anthony Randall. <laughs> That's fair. Mike Trout wants to win a championship in Anaheim until the day that he is actually traded and he is somewhere else. And then he will try to win a championship for the next team that he's on. Because that's your job. That's part of your job. It's not simply producing on the field. But part of your job is you are supposed to represent your city. You're supposed to try as hard as you can to win a championship no matter what they put around you. It's always your job to try to win a championship with the team. Sure. Even if you're on the Oakland A's, yeah, not just show up. <laughs> even if you're on the Oakland A's and you're the third, 26th player on their roster, and you know you've got no chance at all this year, at all, it's still your job to go out and do what you can to try to win a championship yep. for your city and your team, even if no one cares about you. That's that's part of the job of being a major league baseball player. You know, my trout gets it. Anthony Rendon, I don't know if he quite gets it completely. I mean, listen.
3: The optics just aren't great. Winning a
5: ring, signing the mega deal, and then really not doing anything for five years now. And in
3: the media, you know, we do want those honest answers. But, boy, we really don't like them when we get them sometimes.
4: All right, looking forward to a couple of things. Uh First of all, long-term, uh, we're going to the Craft Taco this week. I am excited about our first uh, visit. Uh, Don't Do This is always brought to you by the Craft Taco in Sorrento Valley. The Craft Taco has some of the best quality tacos in all of San Diego. We'll find out for ourselves soon. Go to com. take a look at their happy hour specials today, com. I'm also excited about continuing our Tier 1 tour after our illness interruption last week we're going to put the baltimore orioles in our focus when we come back a team that a lot of people are talking about exciting big moves in fact um are they getting the kind of buzz that the san diego padres were getting very padres-esque at this time last year we will talk about the orioles on the tier one tour when we come back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 the fan (laughs) All right, after a brief detour, the Tier 1 Tour is back on track van, today. van broke down, dude. The Ben Bus it broke we, down. We went to Valvoline We're Instant Oil set. Change. We're back and, yep. and good to go, and we cruise right into Camp with the Baltimore Orioles today, uh, as they come off a season with 101 wins and a first-place finish in the American League East last year. Of course, got swept out of the playoffs by the eventual World Series champion, Texas Rangers, in the ALDS. So, a little mixed uh, mixed bag for the Orioles last year. Incredible regular season, incredible disappointment in the postseason, but no team maybe getting more talk and hype than the Orioles following the signature move of acquiring Corbin Burns. Uh, you know, one year left on his contract from the Milwaukee Brewers to lead a young starting rotation this year as they try to build on last year's regular season success, Woods.
3: Yeah, buddy, and and they are the they're the they're kind of the envy, right? Every year there's a team that kind of pops up and you look at it from afar and you go, <clears> hmm, <throat> Man, I I would like to root for that team. They've got young talent. They've got young, otherworldly talent. They've got more young, otherworldly talent on the way. And you look at it and you go, now, listen, as we know, it doesn't always work. Just because you win 101 games doesn't mean even if you improve your team, you're going to go out and win 105 games. It just doesn't work that way. At least it hasn't in baseball. Um, I don't... Do you fear anything from them as far as like a, a, a minor step back? Oh, no, they, why, they,
4: I expect a minor okay, step back they, in the regular season. In the
3: regular season, they've got, they've already got some injury issues. Felix Bautista is going to be on the IL all season long. So they went out and they got Craig Kimbrell, plugs that hole. Uh, Kyle Bradish is hurt and he's going to try to pitch. He's going to try to get PRP injections instead of getting surgery, pitch through that. Maybe it works the 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 cards say that it won't but you got Corbin Burns to to fill that that spot uh, and he should fit in nicely there but man you look at it and go i don't know i just i get the feeling now again you you bring a guy like Jackson Holliday up ben who's just supposed to be the next great superstar in baseball brilliant shortstop um Se- seemingly, Bat already plays on this level, dude. Who knows? Maybe he 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 helps propel them back to a hundred win season. But uh, I expect them to take a little bit of a step back uh this year. I do, and you know these young guys got to find their way, and a lot of them did last year. And you, you have to repeat it. But a step back could be ninety wins. It's and exactly they, right. Then they make
4: a run to the World Series. You're very happy as an Orioles fan. They're, so
3: they're one of those teams that I look at and go, why they haven't added. Jordan Montgomery or somebody like that is beyond me at this point. They've got money to spend. They've got um, they've got prospect capital to trade. They they've used some of it on uh, the Corbin Burns deal, but yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But they are, I, I would say, they're a fun ass team to watch, and they are kind of the envy of, of a lot of Padre fans out there. What's so impressive about the Orioles,
4: or or not, depending on your perspective, <laughs> is how homegrown they are and their projected starting lineup is filled with almost exclusively guys that they drafted and developed themselves, including... Two guys who were drafted in the first round number 1 overall in, in Adley Rutschman and Jackson Holiday. Two other first-round draft picks in Jordan Westberg and Ryan Mountcastle. A third-round pick in Austin Hayes. A second-round pick in Gunnar Henderson. I mean, it is a loaded lineup filled with guys who came up through the minor leagues. Something Eight out
3: of nine in this projection that I'm seeing right now. The only guy that they picked up was they purchased uh, Ryan O'Hearn from the Kansas City Royals in January of 23.
4: Now... I think they've got a pretty consistent and deep lineup and and they should win a lot of games. There's going to be some fluctuation there though when you are counting on such young players. Sometimes there's a there's a little step back before you make another step forward and I can definitely see uh the Orioles having some struggles especially in a tough division where the Yankees are are now reloading and going for it. You know that the uh the Rays are going to be pretty decent. You the think the Blue Jays, Blue Jays will figure Jays it be, out at, at, some, at point? some point? I think winning 100 games in that division was pretty Surprise took both the Yankees and the Red Sox having surprisingly bad seasons last year to even make it possible. So don't expect another hundred win season, but they're, you know, the playoffs will be what determines whether or not the Orioles have a good year this year. And they're certainly poised, I think, to get back there, uh, based on the roster that they have put together. Now, everyone, of course, around baseball is jealous of having a franchise catcher. Like Adley Rutschman oh and what God. he's done so far, a switch hitter uh, who has uh, burst onto the scene already in his career,
3: five point six WAR or something last year, what, it's just insane.
4: What shocked me though is, and, and the fact that he's he, he's young and he's controllable. What surprised me though is that I, I didn't realize Adley Rutschman's twenty six. Luis Camposano is a full year younger yep. than Adley Rutschman is. Think about that, San Diego Padres fans. That you've got a young catcher. Yep. He's certainly not. Adley Rutchman by any stretch of the imagination, but Not yet. you feel like, oh, Luis Camposano, he's been around here forever. He's barely a prospect anymore. He's still he's younger than this guy who everyone is touting as one of the young star catchers in all of baseball. So, you know, give give Campusano a chance here because they gave Adley Rutchman a chance and it has paid off for the Baltimore Orioles. They now have a a cornerstone in their lineup behind the plate, likely for years and years to come. And uh and Camposano is actually younger than Adley Rutschman is.
3: Yeah, and Ethan Salas is ten years younger, as our beloved Maggie has uh, <laughs> just pointed out in the chat. But it's so only nine years they, younger. There you
4: go than Adley Rutschman. There you go. That's incredible. So yeah, I think good things for the Baltimore Orioles, but <laughs> still temper, fun,
3: man temper yourself a little very fun. Like if very you, fun. Like if you love baseball But last like, year was ridiculous watching, that they won hundred games. It was. Watching Adley, watching Gunnar uh, watching uh, Jackson Holiday when he comes up, I mean it's it's they're a fun fun Cedric Mullins a fun player, um, Santander's fun. They're all they're just a bunch of good. They're That's really, a team. They come
5: to town. You want to go, bro? And watch they're just
3: that d- team. good baseball players, man. Yeah. Love it. All right, we'll uh, take. A
4: little a jealous. T- we'll take a time out. We'll head back out to Padres camp and talk. I want to talk more about the uh, uh, Xander Bogart's position Kay. change. We got into it a bit in our first hour. I want to really flesh out a little bit like best case scenario worst case scenarios for how this is going to play out for the san diego Padres. rays fine i mean, going let's take some forward, calls too. we can uh, open the phone lines yeah 833-288-0973 talking position change for xander bogart second baseman for the san diego Padres. coming up next with benna woods on san diego's number one sports station 97.3 the Fan. woods have you ever had someone out there who you felt was just stealing your bit <coughs> like you do something and then they would do the same thing. <laughs> Me no never. Huh. I just wanted to call out Tiger Woods for stealing my sick bit last week. You didn't also soil your pants though
3: at the <laughs> in the studio.
4: A little yeah, but he started, can you know, Friday morning, thought he could make it through, could not make it through, it's left true. left in the middle of the round very Ben like for Tiger Woods at the Genesis Invitational. Disappointed a lot of people. There were tons of people who were out there just to see Tiger. And as he left the course, you could see the uh, exodus of all the fans going crazy. All right, we're done, too. We're we're out of here. We, uh,
3: is it done? Are we done, Tiger? We just is he still because he was sick. I mean, it's I mean, sick I, this time. It are we done with me? Because I was sick last week.
11: A,
4: a little
3: bit. bit, yeah, a little bit. I don't say. know who you ask. I him. mean, really? really, yeah, that's true. I mean, kind of. The no, but I mean, it was the you know, obviously he's he's worked hard to come back. I
4: will give him a chance to try to have a healthy weekend, and, <laughs> and then we can evaluate right. in the future of, of whether or not we're done with Tiger. It's just a lot of
3: it's a lot of Tiger can
4: be competitive. I some of the swings he, he took was were he, pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, I saw the
3: shank. Now I, I, that was the any, last
4: swing on Thursday. It Was bad. Anytime you see the shank
3: from a guy like Tiger Woods, you're like, yes, he's just like it's humanizing. It's humanizing. Hundred percent. It was a literal. It was a shank. shank. Just shanked it off to the right. So that's I've done eighteen. Not, not fun
5: for
4: anybody
3: to watch. i I've, I've done it a thousand times. No, the nobody liked way.
4: watching Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Except when when you shank one, it doesn't have that tracer. No, there's no the a technology
3: on it. that shows it just goes just straight straight right. right. God, it was so good. He just, like, oh. he laughed about it. Yeah, he he goes, was presented Hazel forward on yeah. that one. It was great.
4: But uh, yeah, a little, I'm sure, out of competitive practice <laughs> didn't help. But, boy, he could he can still bomb it with the young guys can. on the drive. You know, that's one of the big concerns with all the surgeries and everything. Is he, is he going to be able to hit it out there where you need to to be competitive? Everyone who plays with Tiger says, you know, with private practice rounds, like the other pros who play with him said, He's good enough to win. Still, it's just a matter of can his body hold up yep. over four rounds? Now, it wasn't necessarily his body. You're sick. You're sick, and, yeah. and clearly they said he. The trots, he, he, he showed up, and they said he looked like deaf <clears> on <throat> Friday morning. They
11: took
3: him in a in an ambulance. I think.
4: And I think I think that was overblown. I think there was already an ambulance there, oh, okay. and everyone says, "Oh, they got Tiger in the ambulance. Someone gave him some IVs. He left on his own." And flew it's, back to for Florida. It's not a good feeling. Now, when no. you
3: you had the flu, was it vomiting or was it the other? Neither, neither. No, it just was just the chills, f- it was the and-
4: aches, and pains, and fever. I did not have number any two intestinal Ugh. issues. Never, Never fine, man. Fine. Never. Not the fine. stomach flu. This was the actual influenza A virus. Yeah, and it was uh, it was miserable. That's terrible. But feeling better now. Good. Glad to be back. And glad to be talking a little. Xander Bogart's position, position change, if you want to join us, 833-2880-973. We'll get to that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
6: From the 97.3 The Fan Traffic
4: Center, here's Kelly Davick.
0: Traffic is sponsored by Valvoline Instant drive Through Oil Change, your 15-minute instant drive-thru oil change. Got some rain hitting a good part of the North County, and more coming this way, guys, so plan accordingly. Right now we're dealing with mostly... Dry conditions in the greater part of San Diego. Spin out in the clearing stage, East 52, just before Mast Boulevard. Accident middle lanes, eastbound 8 before college. And crashes have moved over the right shoulder, northbound 15, before Claremont Mesa Boulevard. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is your drive-through oil change. It only takes 15 minutes, and you don't have to get out of your car. With all the rain lately, Valvoline is also offering replacement wiper blades. For directions and discounts, go to SoCalOilChange.com. SoCalOilChange.com I'm Kelly Danek with Ben and Woods, San Diego's Nimbledon Sports Station, 97.3 The Fan
4: So many people were trying to read between the lines of the Xander Bogarts position change over the weekend The only, I think certainty that I got out of it I mean, nothing is certain in baseball but to me the position change clearly means that Hassan Kim is not going anywhere This year? It, well, at least in the short term you know the thought that he was going to go play two like games this month or the, maybe the, this month, the, the, this thought, spring. the thought that he was going to play two games in Korea and then he was going to get <laughs> traded they were just capitalizing on the um you know the promotion and the hype of him going back to his home country that
3: would feel so incredibly you, gross
4: you're not going to ask xander to change positions for an entire spring only to put him right back at shortstop because you're planning to trade Hassan kim so I think, to me, that that tells you that the idea is the Padres expect Hassan Kim to not just be their opening day shortstop, but he will be their shortstop for this season going forward. Now, if the Padres are out of it in July, like, truly, there's no hope. They're not making the playoffs, and and Hassan Kim hasn't signed a contract extension. Yes, you absolutely need to look into what you can get for him in a trade. So, in in that sense... Or go out and sign Rich Hill. That's, or, tra- yes, <laughs> trade for and Rich get, Hill, trade for Rich Hill and G, G Man Choi. Choi. Where In
3: did that- he go? G Man Choi just signed somewhere. Too. Did he sign? I thought to- I
4: saw. Garrett Cooper's still out. Available, isn't he? Cooper Loop not uh, has not been claimed. Or it's going to be assigned anywhere. So
3: it's a month from today. First game against the Dodgers, Correct. and you're going to the Dodgers are a right-handed heavy. Uh, starting rotation. You're probably going to see who Glass now. Is Bueller back 100%? Is he ready to go? Is Yamamoto? I, Yamamoto I would think and Yamamoto's got to
4: pitch one of the first two games. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure what his Glass now's health is going good. forward. It's but, good right now. Um, you know, Kershaw obviously isn't going to be back until at least July or August. Yeah,
3: it's right handed heavy starting rotation for them, and we have a right handed. Mostly right handed lineup, but hey, listen, you, you, you play with what you got. Do you,
4: do you agree though with my assessment that Hassan Kim is not going anywhere now? Yeah, they've listened, sure, they've, they've listened. The they, asking nothing. price was really high, yeah. no one came close to matching it, so but they, I, but they, they absolutely are good to go now with Hassan Kim and, as their shortstop. I mean,
5: uh, any team in baseball could lose their shortstop to an injury. <sighs> Hell, they could lose their second baseman or third baseman to an injury in the next week or two, and then they pick up the phone again and call AJ Prowler. Sure, but
3: yeah. I, I think he's here now. If you, you don't yeah. make that move unless you're committed to Hassan Kim for at least the next four months um, until the trade deadline, yeah, and I that's mean, probably we'll, the extent we'll give of you where a, a solid starting third, left fielder and
4: a, a number three starter, you have to listen to something like that for Hassan Kim. Not, but.
3: not anymore, though, you're done now, you're done listening right now. Well, well, yeah, you've already moved Xander Bogarts to second base, so you're done listening on I
4: Kim. I mean, you could ever done. Listening. You could put Jackson Merrill there if you did trade Hassan Kim. It's I guess. Not I
5: guess possible. I guess you could. You could but. acquire a first baseman and slide Cronenworth back to second. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's the good and the bad of having 14 shortstops. Is that you do have flexibility?
3: Yeah, we are flexible, um, except. In, in some positions that we still have a need on. Uh, and, and I think uh I, I, I think you're done though. I think you're done listening to Hassan Kim from now until July, until the trade deadline. You're done going out and asking other sure. teams. Yeah.
4: You, know. yeah, you always done. listen if someone calls sure. and asks you about someone. Absolutely. Um AJ Cassville joined us and said he thinks that, that this could be a very successful position change. For Xander Bogart.
3: I saw the same thing from Trevor Plouffe, who is on Chris Rose's show. Uh, Trevor Plouffe said the same thing, and he, he kind of laughed off the, cause Xander, when Xander came out and spoke, he's like, yeah, you know what? We talked about it. I didn't know it was set in stone. A little bit more heads up would have been great. And Mike Schilt came out and said, no, it's fair. That's fair to say. And Trevor was like, you don't, he goes, you don't take a lot of ground balls in the offseason that, even at your primary position. You, 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 A little bit. It's probably more of a mental thing. Get your head ready to go out and play second base, and uh, and that. And yeah, that was a little weird to me. I think the Padres handled it well. I think that probably could have blown up in their face a little bit, and I don't think it did. You know, of did you not tell him until this morning that he was actually this was actually going to happen? You didn't drop a text or something. Hey, by the way, it's two bag, right? Like I let my pitchers know a week before. Yeah, we have um,
4: so we have audio from Xander Bogarts about how he was approached. Uh, you know, when, when Mike Schilt did his tour of all the players and, and kind of talked to them. So, this is what Xander Bogart said about the Padres' process of talking to is him about the, the, process? the position change. Yeah.
5: And it doesn't
4: want to play. Ah. We're close on firing that one. We're but close. He said it basically took him about 15 seconds Give me one second to I make that it. decision that, uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah. All right. I will do it. I will I will make the change to second base.
3: Felt a little. Uh, am I crazy to say it was a little bit exasperating? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's like when Adam asked me to do like another round table, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I don't jump up and down about yeah. a round table. But I
4: don't want to talk about it anymore, so I'm just going to do it. So I'll just do it. And yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, give it my best, just and I'm just going it. to do it. And now we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, don't ask me anymore. I think there it's is, I think there is some of that. With Xander Bogarts. Yeah. I'm going to keep facing, if I'm at shortstop, I'm going to keep facing these questions about moving? moving to different positions. <laughs> Once I move to second,
3: I can tamp those down for a while. How much will you give me next week if I go, all right, you ever thought about moving to first? And he just <laughs> lunges across the table at me and chokes me out on live on YouTube. I'm not going to ask him about moving to first base next week. Let's, uh, let's go dang, out to I'm the I'm not point. going to. Yeah. So quit asking. That soundbite we have. That one we have. The other one won't
4: play. No, was Mike in Aruba the first time that someone did talk to you about
5: no. it? No.
7: Okay. And so what has the process been like for you in terms of how did we
10: get to today? Yeah, we got to today fast. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 they just approached about it, and it's not like I was like, hey, take ground balls a second, be prepared for any of that. That's probably the only part that. the, the Maybe would have been a little, could have been a little different, but I mean I don't know how much interest they really had on like moving me off or whatnot, But a lot. once it came with that option today, it's like as I said, man, I could have really be like, you know what, I, I don't want to move off yet. But deep down, I really feel like you know what, it, it, it might be time. And especially the respect I have for Kimmy, defensively uh, as a player, so it makes us better. I mean, I'm I mean uh, Ah, that was just a little show and go. This is just a little bouncing around. Uh, double play feeds is going to be a little tough, and as I said, I think most of the tough plays will be around the double plays, you know, and the feeding and, and the receiving of the ball with, with me not being able to see the guy. Uh, those might be the the tough.
4: You know the um, the respect he I said. Think, I think that's fair that he that he had for Hassan. Yeah, of course, there's going to the be fair some challenges concern. and. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's a completely, like, mirror perspective of what you are used to. So there is definitely some differences there that he's going to have to adjust to. But I don't think enough was necessarily made about the comments he said, the respect he has for Hassan Kim and what he can do there. Because it's not simply knowing what you want and what might be best for you. To say, I can only play shortstop, I was signed as a shortstop, this is who I am, is inherently to disrespect another guy and say, well, that means this guy can't play short. Sure. And I think anyone with eyes has to acknowledge that Hassan Kim is one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Best sure. defensive players in all of baseball. Yeah, no problem. And to just uh, completely refuse to consider a position change would actually be kind of disrespectful to Hassan Kim to say, I know you may be great at this position, but there's no way you're getting there because I'm standing here.
3: Yeah, and A.J. Castell brought up Derek Jeter, who probably should have moved off short late in his career for Alex Rodriguez, who was a clearly a better shortstop than he was. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And, Tony, and, and Jeter was always hailed as such an incredible leader. Leader, right. But wouldn't a
4: leader, wouldn't
3: a leader say, have
4: made that change? Hey, man, I'm trying to win a World Series A-Rod here. A-Rod
3: was the real leader on that team. I mean, Jeter was the selfish player. I mean, which is crazy to think about it. But I think in these terms, you can look at that absolutely and say, yeah, dude, like there's a better shortstop option here. And and it's not you. And should Jeter have slid over to second or moved over to third or whatever? The answer is probably yes. Definitely. it's Definitely. Yes. It's definitely yes. But he didn't, and they did. They, they ended up getting one ring out of the deal, but um, it's 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 a it's certainly a conundrum. And I, I do, I really, really tip my hat to him for that move. I think it's great, and it's scary, man. Moving positions is scary. Go out and play somewhere you've never played before. It's terrifying. Don't hit it here. Don't hit it here. It is. It is. But you know, he's so good. Um, I my only my only concern, Benny, is you know, hopefully the offense doesn't doesn't suffer. You know, and and we've seen that happen before. But you're hitting you're hitting. you're playing middle infield. You're still playing middle infield, so I'm not too worried about it. I'm okay. excited for it.
4: Let's go out to the phones. We got uh, Brad joining us. Brad, good morning. Welcome to
3: 97.3 The Fan. How are you?
6: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you?
3: Good, buddy. How you doing? I just asked you that. Good. Sorry. Hey,
6: I, I think the move. I think the move for Hassan to short is great. He, I think he's got a step to the right and step to the left oh, better yeah. than Bogart. Definitely. I mean, he's going to get his uniform dirty. Um, but being a shortstop moved to second, the spin on the ball going to second is a completely different spin. Yep. So, Bogart's going to yep. have some, some shape up to do. But I think overall, I think it's a good team move that he did. I'm glad he did it the way he did without a distraction. I think so, too, so, man. Uh, I,
3: I think that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, you already have seen comments coming from guys like Manny Machado, guys like Hassan Kim saying they respect, and Mike Schilt saying, I respect that guy, man. That's That's leadership. I also think the uh,
4: the throw is going to suit Xander pretty well. It's not that he has a bad arm; it's not bad.
3: It looks like it takes a lot of effort, but it does. It was like David Eckstein. Yeah, it was. You know, Manny
4: makes it look so easy from that side of the field, and Xander always. It
3: looked like a crow hop almost. Felt
4: like he had to really, really get a lot into it, and it's always pretty accurate. So I feel like from second base,
3: he's going to be really sharp. I think they're going to be good on that throw. I think they're going to stay strong up the middle. Now I don't know who's playing center field for this team, but. A strong up the middle, you know, for now until we get a center fielder. I don't know who that is. Still, no, no, no none of us do.
5: I mean, yeah. had a lot of people asking about the other outfield position. Jerks and Profar. It's been radio silence since the reports that the Padres have signed him. Nothing official from the Padres
3: yet. Yeah, they have not tweeted anything yet about that deal, correct? Is there. Have they tweeted an official welcome back, Jerkson, or anything like that? I thought it was. Was
4: it just Jerkson <coughs> who did it? It's. Um,
5: I don't think the team sent out any official
4: word. Can he not. I mean, does he have to get here before he can officially sign Has the he deal? he done and, a
3: physical? Like, what do we know about Jerkson profile? Is it visa issues? I know that, yeah, he's
4: working on getting the visa. I. Not too worried. I mean, he was playing until, what, like last
3: week yeah. for Curacao. So, so it's his birthday today, too. Happy birthday, happy birthday Jerkson. Jerkson. Uh They have not tweeted a happy birthday, uh, which is something that you can count on from them because they just did it for uh, Johnny Brito on the 17th. So, uh, no, it's I guess it's not official yet. Um, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about, necessarily. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you if you signed him and it's a done deal, you'd love to have him in and,
4: camp. Uh, and Wandy Peralta is still not there yet. Is he not
3: there still? Either. Still visa? Still working on visa okay.
4: issues, which is not a huge concern. I think part... Just the fact that it's such a quick spring for the Padres and they're gonna be leaving on the thirteenth ma- makes you a little more worried that, you know, <laughs> missing a week here is is more impactful than it might be on another spring when you still had six full weeks before the opener. Padres are getting on a plane three weeks from today, tomorrow, uh, to, to go to Korea. So yeah, now it's starting to get somewhat urgent to yeah, want to make I- sure everybody's in camp. I don't know if there's anything the Padres or the players can really do about it. No. Though. Visas are visas, and it's paperwork, and it's up to the governments of the individual countries to get that done. And you can't really speed up that process. So uh, they'll get there when they get there, and and hopefully they can get themselves ready in that, that amount of time. All right, we'll come back. Uh, final hour of ben and Woods, including paulie rindle's rindle report get some headlines and another stop on the tier one tour toronto blue jays i'll come up next on the Fan. the sour (laughs) Bennett woods is brought to you by the farmer's dog and let's go back out to peoria arizona shortchanged him in my tease, but uh we can't ever shortchange the great sammy lovett spring training sammy back with us here on 97.3 the fan checking in it's been a few days uh we are back and healthy sammy how are you feeling
12: Gentlemen, good to have you back. Glad you're feeling better. Beautiful morning here in Peoria. The weather has been outstanding since the moment we got here, which is, as you know, quite different from last year. So everything's good. Uh, pitchers are warming up. A very large group of pitchers uh, on field one right now. We've got, uh, looking at Joe Musgrove, throwing a a, a weighted ball, and uh, or I guess that's a medicine ball. He's getting ready to Throw a uh, throw a bullpen session here shortly. So uh, I am walking and talking, walking around the complex and taking in the sights and sounds. Joe Give me his like,
3: heavy droppable weights. You should My goodness! Scream out real loud. Do the show, bitches, as loud as you can, and see what they do. <laughs> see the reaction. Yeah, Hurricane Ben and Woods will be arriving uh, next week. Sammy will be there. Uh, on Monday, excited to get out there oh, and, and talk, Great. talk to you guys, and see you in person, and talk to the fellas. And
5: has anybody asked about us out there? Yeah, yeah. has anybody uh, mentioned your old has pals Ben? Anybody Woods?
12: asked about you? That's yeah. a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> I can't say that any of the guys have specifically asked me when are Ben Woods and Paul coming out. Not even Manny. How I, about I the have, front office I, guys? No. <laughs> I, I, well, I have had a number of. Oh, bet you have front office people and maybe uh, a couple of coaches ask you know if you uh, if you guys were were coming out so there is a contingency that's waiting for you and i'm sure there will be many players very very happy to see you no doubt
4: sammy you talked about the uh, the pitchers working out and uh, you know there's always the excitement of what is new michael king and and randy vasquez yeah. and johnny brito uh, let's talk about what is old cuz i've seen some videos of of matt waldron and that knuckleball still Kind of confounding hitters in live BP sessions. That was an
3: uh, awesome video, yeah. by the way. The guys were like, "What the f is this?" Is that a Sammy video? <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, know, you, know if that was Sammy or you not. You got
4: Pedro Avila, who's who's back again, and don't want to forget about these possible options as well, because uh, you know they'd like to think that they can take a step forward and be part of this starting rotation for the Padres this year.
12: I would not forget about them at all, quite frankly, because I think they are right in the mix with that group of pitchers that could make the rotation. Here's what I can tell you based on just what I've gathered over the last week or so. I know the Padres really like these guys that got from the Yankees in Johnny Brito, who I thought looked good yesterday in his live BP and Randy Vasquez. I, I, you know, talking to some people, I know they're really high on the both of them and obviously they have a lot of talent. That's why they're here, but I would not sleep on guys like Matt Waldron who You know, it's easy to forget he had some success down the stretch last year. And I think what's interesting with Matt, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it yet, it's on my to-do list, is that he's still relatively new to using that knuckleball. That's still only two, three years old, him using that knuckleball. So as he learns how to use it, and we know last year, as he continued his time in the major leagues, he used it more I think there's still a lot of unknown and potentially untapped potential with Matt Waldron. And look, Pedro Avila had some really good stretches and moments last year. It's easy to forget how good he was in that long relief role. And if you look at some of the numbers, you know, some of them may not look great, but you've got to dive deeper into those outings because, Some of those numbers, they were inflated because towards the very end of very long relief rolls, or I think there was a starter two mixed in there as well, it, it didn't go as well towards the very end. But he definitely showed something, and I really think there's a lot on the table when it comes to those two spots. They really like the Yankee guys, but I think for a variety of reasons, it would not surprise me, and it's very early in spring training. We haven't played a single Cactus League game yet. If somebody like a Pedro Avila... Or a Matt Waldron made this starting rotation. It would not surprise me in the slightest, based on on what I've heard.
3: Uh, talking to uh, Sammy Spring Training here on Ben Woods this morning, and Sammy, how does Jackson Merrill look in the outfield? I've, I've seen seen some some swings. The swing is beautiful. Um, you know, strokes the ball, everything you want. He's, he's tall you know, lean, muscular, like he's got the look. He looks like he could be an outfielder, a center fielder, a left fielder. Looks like he could be a shortstop or a first baseman. Looks like he can play anywhere on the diamond. Uh, How does he look in the outfield?
12: It's drills, and obviously it's still early in spring training, but to me he's looked pretty good. I haven't seen every single ball he's caught up there off a pitching machine and them shooting into the outfield. I've seen them do the fundamental work and him chasing balls down the line, and everything looks fairly comfortable. I think it's a little hard to judge when you're just watching outfield work, but he's certainly working out there a lot, and he's putting in the time and the work to get better out there. And he is right now working exclusively out there since full squad workouts began. I did see him before full squad workouts began taking balls in the infield, but since everybody got here, he has been, to what I've seen, exclusively in the outfield, and when Mike Schultz spoke just uh, a few minutes ago, he said that when Jackson gets into Cactus League games, and I would say there's a pretty good chance he'll be in there on Thursday and or Friday against the Dodgers, that he will play in the outfield. Initially, for sure, they may mix him into the infield and try to keep him fresh, and I think they do view him as somebody who could obviously play some different positions and you know get into the lineup in multiple ways on a day-in, day-out basis. But he's going to work in the outfield. So Woodsy, to me, he's, he's looked good. I mean, it's, it's a little hard to judge off drills this time of year, but we're going to get a much better sense when these games start and he has to start making real reads and, and really play out there. And obviously we know the experience is limited, but from what I've seen so far has looked fairly good. And obviously he's putting in a lot of work out there, which I think at this point, considering what the Padres have asked of him, it's about, all you could hope for.
4: Can everyone do me a favor? Sure. When Jackson Merrill goes out to the outfield this spring (laughs) and misreads a fly ball that goes over his head, keep in mind that last spring at this time, Fernando Tatis Jr. looked kind of ragged
3: in right field. Remember the Dan Clark tweet (laughs) that was like, oh, Tatis to right field, this is an abomination. He won
4: the platinum Glove. How you perform in a couple of spring training games will not tell us whether no, or not you're I'm, adjusting no, to I'm, the outfield I'm gonna or not. No, so I'm going to overreact. I'm going to. Be measured. If he makes a great diving play, by the way, it doesn't mean that he is all of a sudden <laughs> going to be the greatest outfielder of all time. So just, just keep that in mind on Jackson Merrill Don't to the Don't you outfield. ever tell
3: me how to fan again. Don't ever do it. Sammy Spring Training
4: <laughs> is with us from Peoria. What else uh, was uh, Topics Du Jour with Mike Schilt uh, just a few minutes that's a go there, Sammy.
12: Yeah, and before I get to Mike Schultz, I'll just add on Jackson Merrill just because it's top of my mind right now. But I'll tell you what, the swing looks really good, yeah. and I've been very impressed with what I've seen during batting practice. It is batting practice, so you got to keep that in mind. But when I watch him and Marcy and Paulie and Salas, they are typically in a BP group together. I will say, number one, there's a lot to like from all those guys. And number two, I just like the energy when these guys hit together, it's impressive. It's upbeat. There's encouragement. There's a sense of competition with the way they go about things. Some of the different games they play during BP. I just day by day, I I continue to be very impressed with this young group led by Jackson Merrill, obviously. And I know you guys have heard a lot about this group. I've heard a lot about this group, but seeing it with my own two eyes, you can understand it. So just one more thought on Merrill. As far as Mike Schultz today, I told you about Merrill, um, that that he will play the outfield, at least initially, uh, to start here. So I would not be surprised to see him in the lineup Thursday and or Friday. Uh, we know about the pitching situation for Thursday. It's going to be Joe Musgrove, Michael King. Mike Schultz said it's likely that Yuki Matsui would probably get into that game as well. And I will tell you that Matsui threw a live BP yesterday, and I thought it was really impressive. He's got some really Really good stuff. It's deceptive. He hangs that that front leg for a while. I could see that being an issue for hitters and just chatting with some people around the field. You know, as he's throwing that live BP. I think a lot of us were really impressed. And he induced some really bad-looking swings on, on some of these off-speed pitches. So he's somebody to be excited about. No real update on the guys working on their visas, Wandy Peralta, Luis Patino, they are still not here, but uh, Mike Schultz didn't have an update on that, and obviously um, you know that's a, a tricky situation with trying to get that done. I'm trying to think. Anything pro else far? that Mike Schultz... Nothing on Profar. Okay. Nothing on Profar. Um, he wasn't asked about it, and obviously the team hasn't announced the signing yet, so I don't know how much they would say or not, which I think is part of the reason that, that nobody's really asking yet, but it is interesting that... It was reported, and now it's been a while and and he's uh, there there's been no official announcement yet. trying to think in my head because uh, I just hopped on the phone after Mike Schultz got off. I think that was uh I think that was about it. There was nothing major to announce, but uh, we got a little bit more information on the pitching, obviously some more information on where Merrill's gonna play when he starts uh playing in these cactus league games and and that was about it.
3: The uh, vibe seems good, Sammy. We were just talking about it off the air. The vibe seemed good last year. You felt like you're, you know, we really, when we sat down, we thought, man, this is, you're looking at these guys going, this is a team that can go win a World Series. Um, I, You know, I don't know that you feel the exact same way. You've lost some pretty key pieces and you have a lot of question marks, but the guys seem to at least be saying the right things this spring training. And that's, that counts for something with me. Because I, I I thought maybe last year they really didn't say a lot of the right things. Yeah. I thought uh, this year um, they really have been saying the right things. I've liked what I've seen from the skipper so far. Looking forward to sitting down with yeah. him more uh, next week. He's he's got kind of a loose attitude. Uh, he's been having fun. Been having fun with the media, which I love. Letting everybody yeah. know. I don't know who's starting. I'm going to check my Twitter later and and you know find <laughs> out. Which also means he has a Twitter. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, but no, I uh, so far man, I I think the vibe around the guys has, has seemed pretty good from afar.
12: Yeah, I would agree with that, and I'll give you one more nugget that Mike Schultz talked about today. He was asked about the DH situation, and it is an interesting situation yeah. because the Padres right now don't have a guy that you can point to and say that guy's going to be the DH every day. So Mike Schultz earlier explained that right now it's going to be matchup-based, and it's going to be about getting guys You know that half day off. It seems like they're going to use that DH spot right now has a spot where they can cycle guys in and out and with some of the more veteran sluggers you have on this team I think that makes a lot of sense now that could change if a name comes in here and joins this clubhouse but I do think it makes a lot of sense so we did get sort of confirmation of what you thought from from Mike Schultz earlier today and that that's going to be matchup based and it sounds like they're going to cycle through guys in that D8 spot. So that was top of mind as, uh, as you asked me about Mike Schilt. Another thing he said today, but look, Woodsy, I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, I think Mike Schilt, it, it's been a lot of fun to talk to him. You can tell, and I know we've used the term detail oriented a lot. If you go and listen to some of his answers, like I, I haven't posted this yet, but I'm going to Jesse Agler had a great question for him about, I can't remember exactly how Jesse framed the question, but the answer for Mike Schilt ended up being about off days. And he went on, I'm not sure how long it was. It could have been two, three, four minutes on off days and the different kinds of off days and how he thinks about off days. And it was fascinating. It was a great example of the attention to detail and how much Mike Schilt thinks about baseball stuff that we probably, we probably give, A second of thought too, two seconds of thought too, and Mike Schilt has a detailed, thoughtful answer for pretty much anything that happens on a baseball field or over the course of a baseball season. So that detail-oriented mindset, you can really, really see it. And on the vibes, look, obviously, since you guys have been on the air, we had the news come out about Xander Bogarts. And, look, I know there were a lot of opinions on what Xander said and was he happy? Was he not? I personally thought he he handled it like a real pro yep. and handled it about as well as you could have asked a veteran who signed that kind of contract and signed as a shortstop could have handled it. Um, you know, is he elated about it, I don't think it seemed that way, but would you expect him to be Correct. elated about it? Right? I thought he handled it about as well as you could have asked him to handle it. And you do hope, from the quote-unquote vibes perspective, Woodsy, you do hope that that's an indicator of a, a bit of a change in the vibes, yes. of it being a team-first attitude, yes. things that Joe Musgrove has talked about, you know, uh, 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 you know, checking egos and, and the word togetherness, which Fernando Tatis Jr. used. Look, they've said all the right things. If you're looking for an action that matches those words this early in spring training – I do think the Xander Bogarts move, and then the way he reacted to it, I thought that was, if you're you know, looking at things positively, an example of maybe a change in the attitude um, of this team, of, of being more selfless, of being more team-oriented. So I'm with you. Look, the vibes are good. It's a different team. It's a different year. It's different expectations. But I would say if you're a vibes person and you want good vibes during spring training – to me the vibes have, have been pretty good around here i do think that
4: sammy uh, great work as always we'll let you go back to planning the uh, Woods welcome reception yes. for sunday <laughs> afternoon early evening Probably
12: when evening. we uh, make yeah. it to peoria That's right. yeah <laughs> i will uh, i have a question for you guys did you you talked to aj castavel earlier did you ask him about the uh the salad situation no
4: no there's the, a salad in situation peoria.
12: Well, the, the well the, we, we all get the same uh, Trader Joe's salads. AJ, myself, Jesse Agler likes uh, those salads. So there's been a battle for salad space in the fridge. and in fact I may or may not have run into AJ at the supermarket yesterday and it, it was very, it was very much uh, not, not many salads left and I looked in AJ's cart and he had two of my favorite salads. so there's been a lot oh,
5: of uh, we're coming to lot town of one, there
3: won't lot be of one, any more No worries, no worries there, there buddy uh, sure as, long as, down, Jones, as long as you guys aren't <laughs> sucking down woods and as long as you guys aren't sucking down waterburger and bluebell we're in good
10: shape
12: buddy <laughs> see you I, a up. lot of uh, a lot of a lot of lunch drama around salads. here salads
4: but, uh, These guys. One salad. concern they don't need to have. Oh, ben and Woods are coming. Load no, up I, on salads I, now. I sure they're on salads. Salads. <laughs> oh,
3: my God. Clear out your Trader Joe's. Here comes Ben and Woods. <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. See you tomorrow. Can you imagine? Um, you imagine walking in and see those three guys in there. Sammy, AJ, and Jesse all reaching for the same Southwestern chicken salad. <laughs> Me and Paul behind there looking for the frozen pierogies and stuff. <laughs> That's so good. What, Just one
4: thing I wanted to Salads. comment on quickly. Uh, when Sammy talked about the DH spot <laughs> being essentially kind of a half-rest day for a while, like get Manny off his feet, get Hassan Kim off his feet for a day. It's fine. It makes a lot of sense when you don't have a traditional DH, but at the same time well, who does that put into a starting lineup every single day? If Manny's not at third, Eggie. then Eggy's <laughs> out there. That's
3: that's not a great yeah, it's, thing. It's six of one. It's it's robbing Peter to if, pay if Paul. If Ha
4: <laughs> Kim is not, if is if he's the DH and he's not playing short, who
3: is playing short? Jackson Merrill. But then who's playing then left? Then who's Jerickson playing left? You're I putting have no
4: someone idea. like an Eggy Rosario or a, a Cal Mitchell or someone yeah. into the starting lineup every day. You do that, and I don't really think you particularly want to do that all the time. You're not. Taking Matt Batten out of the lineup, you're just putting him into the field I as well. We just
3: signed a DH for him. We did, just I look. I know Nelly Cruz didn't work out. I know Matt Carpenter didn't work out. You didn't have to give Matt Carpenter twelve million dollars or whatever. I but mean, there's Luke Voigt just signed a minor league deal with the Mets. Peralta just signed a minor league deal. You know, there's there's guys out there. Brandon Belt can still swing you it just a little need bit.
4: A, you need another major league baseball player. You need a couple. A, you need a, a couple. It, more whether it's leaguers. a DH can play a position. Anything you can't be forced to put an eggy rosario a matt batten no. into the lineup every single no, day absolutely not either in the field or at dh you're just giving up too much there yeah you need you need another baseball player or two or
3: two
4: you can't you can't just go into the season and Bro, we you wanna, keep being told that they're still looking but you
3: want to sell me on waldron and avila and Brito? and v- fine i'll wear that give us another position you gotta player. get another couple position players in there you're saying one. I think we really need to hammer two. I think it's How two. I think oh, the yeah. answer is two to four. <laughs> let's just call it six and make everybody feel much better. Spend that additional eight million dollars or whatever. All in-
4: for uh, the the low price of a million each. Correct. All right, let's take a time out. Uh, back to the Tier One Tour to play a little catch up. We'll take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Always. Well, in Padres-like fashion, like, what? why isn't this team a little bit better? These guys
3: should be better, yes,
4: <laughs> Every they year. actually end up being. Uh, we'll get to that coming up after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
3: What
4: team are we doing
3: here? Blue Jays. Oh, the Blue Jays. That's right. The Sorry.
4: Toronto Blue Jays, eighty-nine and seventy-three last season. Third place in the American Still League. Still a East. decent year. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Yep. Now it was also a a quick exit in the wild card round. They got swept by the Minnesota Twins, and were done. So a disappointing ending. For a team that uh, certainly always looks like it is uh, God, stacked, loaded with talent. Every single year, you look at them and go, Woo who, Kind of the Chicago White Sox disease as well. Yeah. Lots of talent not quite coming together. And you can say that about the San Diego Padres as well. But you look at the names back in the lineup, and it's going to be a lot of the same guys again this season. George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., yeah. I mean, you know, they've got they've got a good top of the lineup. Kevin Biggio. Uh they added Justin Turner uh last month as a free agent uh to, to give a little more veteran pop to that lineup. Uh we'll see though. It's it's been proven though that just those guys in a lineup are not quite enough to lift them to the top of the ALE standings.
3: Yeah, man, they've got um you know, the the pitching is is, is gonna be I think solid for them. Uh, Jose uh, Barrio's coming back. Who is their who are their other Big top. Gossman's of the road. their Gossman's number one
4: guy. And then, Varios then uh, Bassett is, uh, their number three right now. Uh, Kikuchi. And then, you know, there's a lot of written this week about Alec Manoa and the bounce back season. So he's
3: dropped some LBs. Uh, saw him throw just a, a little bullpen, dropped some LBs, looks pretty lean for him. Uh, and apparently he's on a, on a mission. And when you hear that, uh, you wonder why you wouldn't be on a mission every single year uh, if you're a big league baseball player. Doesn't happen that way all the time, as Anthony Rendon has let us know. Uh, but but a, a healthy and motivated, pissed off Alec Manoa, probably a guy you want in your top five, I would imagine.
4: I think the biggest thing um, standing in the way of the Toronto Blue Jays is uh, you know the division that they play in with the Orioles, with the Yankees, adding Juan Soto, and who, who knows possibly. Who else might still be on the horizon here? Uh, their GM uh, in Toronto has kind of said that not looking to add any more pieces at this point, uh, whether that's just lip service or, you know, an actual strategy for the Blue Jays. They don't look like they're in play for the Boris clients at this point. So, you know, if other teams in their division grab more resources, that could make things a little bit tougher, uh, but... You certainly expect them to be in playoff contention yeah. and battling at least for a 100%. wild card again at the end of this season. Um, we'll see if it, it plays out that way. Uh, good defensive outfield with uh, Kevin Kiermaier yep. back in center field. Kind of their their number nine hitter. Not going to give you a lot of offense, but you can mm-hmm. kind of not worry about defensively how you look out. And there.
3: Matt Chapman is gone. He was their third baseman last year. He's gone. Yeah, they right? got IKF. They they picked That's up Isaiah
4: right. Kiner-Falefa to to essentially be their third baseman. Again, not huge offensively. They, the bottom of their order offensively looks a little suspect. It was probably one of the weaknesses of the Toronto Blue Jays going into this season.
3: Uh, got them right now. The over-under I see for wins. 86.5 wins. They were 89 last year. Man, that's a fair... It feels like a really fair number, which is, that's what Vegas does. They it's, give you it's, tough if numbers. If their
4: pitching staff stays healthy... And, you know, they have good seasons and Manoa bounces back. they They'll could easily go over, yeah. over that 86 and a half. If Manoa struggles again and, you know, Gossman misses like a month or two with one of his maladies, then then they could go under that number. <laughs> that would be one that probably just stay away from. There's too many variables in play another uh, fun, for the Blue
3: Jays. Another really, really fun team to watch, though. And, and if they ever do turn it on fully, it's a it's a cool story uh that they have certainly with all those those ex uh, the sons of ex big leaguers and i think george springer i mean they still got they still have a ton of talent there if they can put it together that's a team you could absolutely see winning the east still
4: have uh, john schneider i believe is their manager so some some consistency continuity coming from uh last season as well it just we'll find out if that's a good thing or a bad thing uh for the toronto blue jays it, we've seen a lot of teams like the phillies very very consistent. Very. I mean, essentially the same team as last yeah. year coming back. Right. Um, you know, Padres have never been able to put that together. The consistency from one season to the next.
3: It's a bit of and, a roller coaster. God, and while nice, nice, this
4: yeah. While this year has been a quieter off season, you you can't say it's the same roster. I mean the pitching staff is completely Markedly different. different than it was last year. So, you know, and, and not having Juan Soto just kind of changes the dynamic of your team again. So once again the Padres are Kind of doing something different, whereas the Blue Jays look pretty much the same as they did last year. Does that mean they take a step forward, though, or things get stagnant and, and get worse? That's the worry when you don't make a lot of changes in the
3: offseason. There you go. There's your, uh, your Ben bus uh, through Toronto. All right. Got a little catch-up
4: catch up going um, tomorrow. Tier 1 tour continues. Boston. With the Boston Red Sox. Don't you
3: ever do the accent again.
4: You don't want to get one of those Duncan... The Donut hole skewers. What do they got? The the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon skewers. Oh, you're talking about. You didn't see the commercials this weekend. Well, the
3: commercial. I didn't know the.
4: But well, they in the com- Super Bowl commercial they said they're going to name a drink after us. Oh, that's right. And it was the King's skewer. skewer Skewer. And you get a, a coffee like with coffee three and donut a holes of oh, skewers on delicious. top. I
2: know. Rocky, right. <laughs> Ricky Danny Terry Mikey Davy Timmy Tommy Joey Robbie Johnny Damn. and Brian.
4: I mean, hey, it's a it's a coffee, but you get three donut holes with it. Who wouldn't want that? It's a great idea. Come on. All right, we'll come back. Randle report. Polly is uh, dying. Uh, we'll see if we can get him to bed, uh, just like us last great. week. Coming up next with Bennett Woods on ninety-seven three. The fan. I don't know about you guys. I feel like this show has flown by this morning. Maybe it's because
3: well. We haven't been here here for a few
4: days and had a lot of topics to cover and get to. Tomorrow will be a little lean, but that's all right. We're used to that. Well, we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, It is Ben and Woods going until 10 o'clock. Annie and Elston will take over at 10 o'clock until 2, and then Gwen and Chris at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Don't forget, coming up on Thursday... Have our first Padres game of the spring, Cactus League opener against the Los Angeles Dodgers. and what
3: times that bad boy start? I
4: believe you can hear it right here, starting at noon.
3: Noon, yeah. Ah.
4: 12 o'clock San Diego time. Okay. Now, we're not going to have every single spring game on our airwaves, but the first one's kind of special.
5: Yeah. I think I could tell you. I mean, mostly weekend games. Okay. Yeah. But we gotta, we're going to get the first one in I like this it. week. And then, yeah, mostly Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. I'm ready. I'm
3: ready to hear it, man. Dodgers,
4: and, I, and I believe uh, that one is not uh, one of the streaming TV games. so, so just radio. Just radio no, only on Thursday for the Padres and the Dodgers with Joe Musgrove and Michael King. Both scheduled to make appearances for your San Diego Padres. Perfect. All right, let's check traffic, and then we'll come out with a, a couple of headlines from Polly and the Rindle Report. Good news. And get things started here with Never our... Hard edition I'll tell you today's edition oh, of boy. the rindle report okay now, no, just go go ahead. Ahead. no let's do it now it's so eager well, so well, the game's to on to the down espn down i'm down very point. excited with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul.
5: Alright, Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Friday's game, too. And we'll one on story FPM. that Just you FYI. didn't
2: know you needed. Are you laughing, Biotts? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3, the fan.
8: Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a oh,
0: yeah Oh, yeah. All right, I'm there If, we you, go. want local okay. bro- if right. you want local ESPN. broadcasters,
4: you have to listen to 97.3 The Fan. It's the only place to get local broadcasters for the game.
3: Now, just uh, breaking news out of New York. Uh, Juan Soto has already struck out twice in his first uh, ABs for the New York Yankees. It's a bad that's a harbinger of things to come. <laughs> Struck him out. Uh, Nestor Cortez just carved him up twice. Well,
4: I hope that that live BP isn't a harbinger of things to come, because then Shohei Ohtani going to hit 700 seven hundred yeah. home runs for the Dodgers. I think he's taken
3: forty swings and he's hit forty bombs so far. <laughs>
4: so, if, if I'm believing the let's reports. Let's slow down on the harbingers <laughs> during live BP.
5: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, we will start off with. Some we got a couple of stories here that have been sitting around for about a week that we have not gotten to. So I'm excited to finally tackle all of this. I clear them. Yeah, we're gonna clear the board here. We'll start with San Diego Padres. We are getting ready for spring training, and then just a few weeks away after that will be Fan Fest. And the Padres late last week announced the roster for the celebrity softball game. And I gotta say. I'm wildly impressed by the uh, the names that the Padres were able to get out there. I was Now, watching. this will be a fun game.
3: I would like to play a game with Ben and I to see if we've heard of all of these.
5: I guarantee you haven't. Like, I guarantee no, and I haven't. And then guess
3: what they do, okay? Like, so
5: let's play. Bro, the NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend, and I turned on the Celebrity Game on yeah. Friday night for about two minutes. I mean, I think the Padres
3: out- They hit they, the, the NBA. The NBA. Not a lot of rave reviews. Uh, I, I did watch some. You guys would be surprised. I watched the three-point contest, and I watched the dunk contest with Bo. I thought the shootout between Sabrina and Steph was great The Saturday stuff was fun. The, Bro, the Sunday
4: game was The terrible, skills awful.
3: competition was the dumbest thing I have ever seen so in my hard. entire... The big blocks, and the out. guys dribbling around it, and then one guy lost it off of his foot. There's that... Not- and then the game itself was... It was atrocious. But I, I loved all the old heads getting... like. Like so mad. All right, we'll about get to, this to the
4: Potters in just a second in the celebrity game, but I thought we figured out Didn't, the All Star game. I,
3: yeah, we did. I thought you,
4: you do the Elam ending. Elam ending, and, and at least that makes them try in the fourth quarter, right? Right. And, and I don't care. You can you know roll it through for three quarters and take your half court shots, and then for the last quarter so good. with the Elam ending, everybody plays a little defense. Yeah, they little try, yep. and you get a little excitement. But in this game, you scored two hundred and eleven points. Yeah. Two eleven one eighty six. No one played any defense at all, and I don't want to be that guy. No, I, I, it's fun seeing Damian Lillard make half court shots. You also
3: don't want to see guys, but it getting, got pretty ridiculous. Getting bodied in an All Star game, you know what I mean? Like one, you know, one
4: quarter of solid play is all I'm asking yeah, for, and I thought the Elam ending fair. got it out of, and they stopped doing it this year, and I don't know why.
3: Now again, I, now I get old head about the dunk contest. I do because. Now you got it. And the guy's like, let me bring this dude out. And he's going to be on his cell phone sending a a TikTok while I dunk over him. And then they started showing back some of the old dunks. Where it was like, all right, I'm just going to do... I'm going to run from the other end of the court and take off from the free throw line. I'm going to do a windmill. Like I did love that Shaq was used as a prop. Yeah, <laughs> and almost lost his glasses. Uh, but Bo loved it. Bo's, Bo's away. He went to the Globetrotters this weekend. and then, He's all in. Bro, that's all he's doing is dribbling basketballs around the house now. It's Bo's about funny. the
4: same size as the winner again. Yeah. Mac, Mac McClung. Mac so. McClung.
3: And, and so he's a G League player. Yeah, yeah, he won it last year. Yeah, I remember he won it last year. It's wild. Slam dunk specialist. Yeah, slam dunk specialist. There you go. So the Padres. All right, here we go. Man. We're going to be at Fan Fest. We'll do a live
5: broadcast. Uh, ben and Woods from twelve to two somewhere on the concourse, like we did last year, and then from three thirty to five thirty, it is the San Diego Celebrity Softball Game, and it's going to have a bunch of Padres alums and coaches. They're going to be the coaches for the teams. Sure. Some of the names were surprisingly good, man. Alex Morgan, okay, no brainer, gotta get player, her there. Yes, Drew Brees,
3: football uh, player,
5: yes, former football, former player. football, player. former Super Bowl champ, Kelsey Plum, local girl. One of the top WNBA players, yep. former for all-time leading Aces.
4: scorer in NCAA basketball history until last week. It's okay yep.
5: Clark Clark, uh, Ray Mysterio, Carrie Walsh, Wrestler. Jennings. Hold on, settle
4: down.
3: Wrestler, Carry Walsh, Jennings. Player. volleyball player.
4: Okay. Oh, oh, by the way, we've got to give away some uh, oh, yeah. volleyball tickets for Carrie Walsh Jennings' team as well. You do? Uh, uh, Landon Donovan, a soccer player. Abby Dahlkemper, a uh, soccer player. Good for you. She's on the wave.
5: Chris Olave. Uh, Former football player.
4: No. Current football player. Current football player.
3: Well, football player. Uh, Shayna Marie. (sighs) Exotic dancer. No. No. Shayna Marie. Uh, Pop singer. No. That's what I meant to say. Shayna Marie is somebody that if I
5: don't go down onto that field and introduce myself, like my marriage probably depends on it. She is one of the stars of Vanderpump Rules. She was in the middle of all of that drama. that The cheating scandal last year don't know anything about it it's a huge name I don't know much about her other than that but I can do know can she play? <laughs> maybe can she play left field? I don't know yep. uh, Zeth and Sailor don't know who they are but that's a father-daughter T- social oh, media personality TikTokers maybe uh, Dave McCary we know Dave yep. uh, Dick that Dick is McCary. Emma Stone's husband
3: a writer oh, for Saturday Dave. Night it's great. Live so funny
5: he's going to be there with Kyle Mooney oh yep. well,
3: I thought Kyle Mooney now Kyle Mooney's not married mm-hmm. to her Dave McCary yes. is. Okay. Kyle Mooney's make- playing yes Yep, Kyle Mooney will be there. Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is a uh, UFC fighter.
4: UFC fighter,
3: yep.
5: Miles Daughtry.
3: Miles Daughtry. Uh, Miles Daughtry. Da- He's a singer. He
4: country a singer. music singer.
3: No, he was. No. No, that's Chris Chris Daughtry. Chris Daughtry. Miles. I'm coming home <laughs> to the this <place laughs> Different Daughtry. I'm... Who's this guy? Miles Doty. Uh, Slightly Stupid. Oh, Miles from Slightly Stupid. All right. Taylor. I always just. They, whenever I hear his name, they just say, oh, it's Miles from Slightly Stupid. Okay. I didn't know his last name. Taylor Knox. Taylor Knox. Uh, Surfer Surfer yeah. There you go yeah. Benny
5: Rashid Shahid
3: Wide Receiver
5: Kyle Mooney said that Brandon Moreno,
3: Brandon Moreno. Soccer No nope. No UFC so, Okay Andre Reed uh, Football Former Football Hall player. of Famer Yep
4: Phase Rug Carpet and Flooring Wholesaler No
3: Phase Rug
4: he phase started rug.
5: he started a massive Coles Carpets video game gaming team and right. business. He is on the Forbes 30 under 30 for he content sure creators phase and not FaZe. I'm sure. FaZe Rug. 45 million social media followers right. for him. Rob Machado,
4: surfer. And surfer.
3: Sean
6: Lewis, uh, <laughs> uh, SDSU
3: <laughs> football coach. Allegedly. <laughs> Still never heard from him but
6: yeah.
5: Alright, that's it that's a, for, good, that's a good lineup. That's a pretty good lineup. It'll be fun. And then you'll have, I think, Hoffe and Tony Gwynn Jr. And a bunch awesome. of the alum will be out there coaching as well. Uh, I will skip my second story for time purposes. Woods has been wanting to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> nominees for 2024 for about a week yeah, now. Yeah, A week. And so it's a fan vote, I believe, and you get to pick up to seven people per day through the end of April.
3: I, I did not know it was a fan vote. I would have been Well, voting. there is a fan vote, so I don't know if
5: that's Damn the it. only... Damn it. can't
4: be the main criteria, no. no.
5: I'm sure there's other stuff. We have stuff. a
4: Twitter poll up, and whoever wins <laughs> goes is in the into the Rock and, and, Roll and Roll Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. <laughs> but it's got to weigh in at some point, to some extent, but
5: some of the names are... They're massive. I, I this look is a at this, massive, massive I, class. I look at this roster, and I go, yes... Yes, right. give it yes. to me. Lenny Kravitz. Yes, Mary well, J. Blige. Yes, yes Jane's Addiction. Yes, A Tribe Called Quest. Yes, Mariah Carey. Yes. Of course.
4: Yes. yes. Come um, on.
5: If you're the, all the others are yes. I know. I know. Sinead O'Connor. Yes. Cool in the
4: gang. Yes. No. No. Wait. Hold on. Sinead O'Connor. Yes. It's like one really good song. No. It, she didn't even write it. Prince wrote it. Wow. Rest in peace. By the way. Shout
3: out to her family. Jeez. I mean, we've got to have
4: some no's, right? I mean, you said yes know. to
3: everybody. Is there anything more rock and roll than what she did on Saturday Night Live? That was Ever? cool. <laughs> anything? Ever? In history? I agree. Badass. Uh, cool and the Gang. Yes. Dave
5: Matthews Band. Yeah. A. Yes. Yeah.
3: Uh, Eric B. and Rakim. Oh, Eric B. and Rakim is a slam dunk. Foreigner.
5: Yeah,
4: Ben. (laughs) I mean, the whole wing. They need their own wing in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
5: Oasis. Yes. Peter Frampton.
4: Yes. Ozzy Osbourne. All of them. And Cher. I mean, the Baseball Hall of Fame was operated like Woods (laughs) operates the (laughs) Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Alexia (laughs) Marista is in.
10: Yeah.
3: (laughs) I don't know, man. I. Since they started, I mean, obviously, like, when I think of Mariah Carey, you know what I don't think of? Rock and roll. I don't think that, but there's not really a pop music hall of fame. No,
5: there's, that's why there's hip hop, there's country. Like, they do have a country hall of fame, and I'm sure they do have a hip hop hall I'm sure of fame, but they do. The rock and roll hall of fame is
3: just. Right? I, I think so. They just call it the music hall of fame. <laughs> right?
4: It's, it's funny, though. It's all. It's all taste, though. Some One band, like for me, Foreigner is first ballot, no <laughs> doubt about it. But I understand that other people, no, they prefer they Sinead O'Connor or someone else. They definitely, Foreigner's definitely,
3: 100%.
4: I mean, should it be all on, say, like, album sales? And, is that the metric that you go by? I don't know. The stat heads? I don't know.
3: I mean, somebody said Ozzy isn't in yet. I think he's in with Black Sabbath, but he's not in as a solo uh, artist, and he absolutely should be and will be. Um, yeah, that, I, I'm. I'm. It's hard keeping any of those. Those are all really influential people in, in the music. Influential. Then yeah, that's influential. A, that's an interesting. And if that,
4: they help influence other oh, people, yeah. that deserve to be. I don't a rock know about the, the criteria.
3: Event. Like, does can everybody get in? I don't know. Or I don't know how many they, they take. They take uh, I think they amount. take only a certain amount.
4: Well, yeah, you can't have a ceremony with 17 inductees. That would take forever. There's got to be a limit to how many you put in in any yeah. given year. Yeah, dude. Because usually it's, they perform or someone does their songs if they're not around anymore. it be a long show.
3: <laughs> it's already a very long show. Um, but it's, I love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the best parts of Cleveland, Ohio. If you ever get the chance to stop by and, and see it, it's really cool. It's right really by the cool. football stadium. Yep, it's too. really cool. Right down, next door. Down by the flats.
4: Uh, all right, so, uh, Paulie, I'll let you answer the phones because we need to give away a four-pack of tickets to Kerry Walsh-Jennings, San Diego Mojo, their inaugural home game against the Grand Rapids Rise this Friday at Viejas Arena. San Diego Mojo professional women's indoor volleyball team is bringing the heat to Viejas Arena all season long. Go to San sandiegomojovb.com for tickets. That's San sandiegomojovb.com. Or be the third caller, 833-288-0973. Uh, Pauly will get your information here in the last couple of minutes of our show after doing an excellent job on the Rindle Report. That's it. Uh, that is pretty much it for us today. Uh, we got some uh, a bookkeeping to do and get some get some work done and hopefully get Polly feeling a little bit better. I know he was now under the weather after we kind of brought it into the studio last <laughs> well, week and we're feeling better.
5: It was so frustrating like i felt fine on friday i felt fine on saturday sunday night not great yesterday was brutal i'm like
3: you got to be kidding me it was nice having yesterday off people were dming me uh one guy called me a pansy for not coming to work i said it's a national holiday today so we're off on the national holidays we were sick on friday with walking pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu uh as we had but um yeah i mean listen i I would love to be here every day for i would love to never miss a day it's not going to happen though
4: okay um, not everybody had yesterday off, but you know, we, did. we did. We did. Which was, I, I worked at Channel 10 last night, and it was not, it's not a company holiday at that job, You're, but it is so one Channel here.
3: Channel 10 hates the president. Apparently. And presidents. Yes. Okay. Makes sense.
4: Um, but I guess, uh, you know, to each their own sure. when it comes to uh, national holidays. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, any news this morning in baseball still waiting on Ooh,
3: uh, Liam Hendricks signed with the Boston Red Sox uh, two-year deal. Saw that, that we, uh, one as well. Mention uh, we
4: mentioned David Peralta, a minor league deal with the Chicago Cubs, who are still anticipated to be the favorites on Cody Bellinger. But again, not engaging right now waiting for Scott Boris to make that first move.
3: Could use a little uh, Padres mana from heaven as far as maybe an addition here or there in the next couple of days. Wonder if the market will will yield that, and wonder if there's the flexibility to go out. They 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 said that there was, so I'd like to see maybe them use some of that in the next couple of days. It would be great, you know, Tommy
4: Pham Tommy Pham's still sitting out there, out there yeah. in terms of a guy who can outfield DH the uh, you know some of the needs that the Padres have, so. Uh, Craig and Annie. Annie and Craig will keep you updated when they come up next. Gwen and Chris this afternoon. That is it for us, though. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for being back after our long weekend. We always appreciate you tier ones out there. For executive producer Pauly Rindle and Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Tuesday from all of us here at San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The fans, So long, everybody.